Welcome back to the Moodix Podcast. I'm Gabriel Chavez. And I'm Paul Schendel. This week, I tried desperately to dry my balls off as the most severe case of monkey bite and crotch rot of my life infests my now numb ass as we seek the help from the Oceanographic Society of Pandora to plumb the depths of Avatar The Way of Water, a.k.a. Fern Gully 3 Free Wilsiak. <laughs> But first, this is a comedy podcast. If you have not seen the movie we're about to shit on and want to avoid spoilers, stop now. But if you don't care about spoilers and want to laugh and learn why this movie sucks so bad, shut up and go back to sleep. You didn't miss anything over that 45-minute long training montage with flying dolphins and whales. <laughs> Without further ado, let's hand it over to Pablo Francisco. <clears throat> Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started, Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. Well, <sighs> you know, I mean, just the just the log line is like too long to say anything. It's just like, why don't you say an old threat returns to Pandora and forces Jake Sully out of hiding? Boom, there. Why do you have to put all this shit about newfound family, extra solar moon? Pa- we get all that. We already know. This is Avatar 2. We know about Pandora already. I don't need to know about the extra solar moon Pandora. Blah, 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 blah. I don't need to know about Neytiri. I don't need to know about the Navi race. I know about all that shit. All. I know. I mean, this is what's it, uh, what the fuck was the Star Trek whale movie? Was that uh, the return Star of home? Trek that was four. Star Trek 5? Was Star it? Trek 4. Yeah. Star Trek 4, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to get to this in a second. But anyway. Uh, this is a 20th Century Studio Fox release, so Disney, yet again, you fucking whores, in association whores. with TSG Entertainment and Lightstorm Entertainment. 20th Century, I won't bother with, because this is our 10th film from them and our second Avatar movie. While they are not called Fox anymore since Disney bought them in 2019, they are all, for all intents and purposes, are still Fox, and the logo is essentially the same. As studios are not Fox, they have 106 titles under the belt, this being their top-rated feature, unfortunately. They also produced the underwhelming but undeniably well-made and performed The Last Duel from Ridley Scott. Side note to all male screenwriters, stop using rape as an emotional anchor for women's rage and plight in film. It's cheap and once again degrades women to objects and their value being their perceived purity or emotional damage. The, Sp- the Spielberg remake of West Side Story is theirs as well. Haven't seen that yet. Have you seen his remake of West Side Story no, yet? No, I haven't. I've been meaning to get around to that. I mean, it yeah. won Best Supporting Actress, and, you know, I do. I am a sucker for Spielberg, and it's got, like, an 86 on Metacritic. So I had to sit down and watch you that, and The Fablemans, actually. I just bought yeah. The Fablemans on Vudu because it just came out, like, this week. Yeah. Anyway, the, the the Dragon Ball Super Superhero movie was theirs from this year as well. I don't know what the fuck. I mean, I didn't even know they're still going with Dragon Ball for that matter. I, don't, yeah. I had no idea what that is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they also did the prequel of Predator called Prey, which I actually really did like. That was theirs as well. They did Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, which was entertaining. The excellent horror film Barbarian that I told Paul was fucking excellent. Yeah, and he uh, watched it as well. Badass. Love Dream that. <laughs> they also did the funny but forgettable Ron's Gone Wrong. 
the funny Bob's Burgers movie, The Call of the Wild, which I was a sucker for, I'll admit it. Oscar winner, The Eyes of Tammy Faye with my sixth wife, Jessica Chastain. And the utter disappointment that is David O. Russell's Amsterdam, which we should really consider because I've heard nothing but bad things about that movie. That mm. it is his worst movie beyond I Heart Huckabee's amount of shit. I don't know how bad it can get, but that's besides the fact. They also did Home Sweet Home Alone, which is a remake from last year to kickstart the rebooting. It was to kickstart the rebooting of the now six movie long series. It has a 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb. They also did the Ice Age Adventures of Buck and Wild, which is upcoming on Disney Plus, which I didn't even know existed and is now the fucking sixth Ice Age movie in the long suffering 20 year long series with its 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And the third remake of Cheaper by the Dozen, starring someone I used to respect named Zach Braff, and Night at the Museum, Common Ka- uh, Ra Rises, a.k.a. Night at the Museum number four. In other words, every single movie I have mentioned that has horrible reviews is a fucking multi-sequel. Maybe, just maybe, stop making fucking endless sequels to flat movies like Avatar. Do we really need four <laughs> more sequels? No. I don't think it's going to happen at this point. Oh I mean, it's going to happen. They're they're filming them simultaneously. Like they're going to have to. I thought they only movies. did the first two, and then they were going to like pause. I don't know, dude. I mean, mm. that I read an article today that said that this movie has to make one point five billion dollars at the box <laughs> office just to break even. And I was like, come on, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway. TSG Entertainment is in a similar boat as 20th Century Studios and they have 101 titles under their belt. Recently, they did the rather great The Woman King and God damn it if Viola Davis isn't a fucking literal goddess in that movie. But side note, please, Hollywood, when telling black stories in black history, please stop hiring white screenwriters to tell black history. From the Woman King to Emancipation to King Richard to Straight Outta Compton to The Banker, Hidden Figures, Remember the Titans, 42 with the late Chadwick Boseman, Marshall, Something the Lord Made, Concussion, also with multi-alum Big Willie, Loving, The Great Debaters, Talk to Me with Don Cheadle, The Immortable Life of Henrietta Lacks, Rosewood, Just Mercy with Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan, Dolomite Is My Name, Green Book, The Help, The Hurricane, In the Heat of the Night, Ray Amistad, You Get the Point. Also, Big Willie, three of those movies, you are the star. Maybe stop picking black history written by white people. Anyway, TSG also did the excellent David Fincher movie, Gone Girl, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The French Dispatch, The Formulaic, I Wish I Was Wes Anderson, and Let's Make Light of Hitler movie called Jojo Rabbit, which somehow won Taika Waititi an Oscar, (laughs) yet his movie Hunt for the Wilder People has gone completely unnoticed. They did the James Cameron is too busy making Avatar 2 for 13 years movie called Alita Battle Angel (laughs) from the Texas hand job named Robert Rodriguez. Deadpool 1 and 2, Nightmare Alley, Kingsman 1 and 2, Best Picture winner, The Shape of Water, Ford vs. Ferrari, the excellent movie Logan. Proud shout out to New Mexico Film here. The Martian, the horrid excuse for film editing from pedophile Brian Singer called Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Oscar winner, the favorite, best picture, Birdman, Bridge of Spies, The War for the Planet of the Apes, as well as Dawn and Rise. The excellent, The Hate You Give, which has one of the most powerful and personally resonating opening scenes in the history of film. And Terrence Malick's excellent, A Hidden Life. 
Let's not forget that they also gave us the Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Fantastic Four with its 4.3 out of 10 on IMDb. A remake, which is somehow worse than the Tim Story ones with Jessica Alba, by the way, on IMDb, which I don't understand. <laughs> but they also gave us a remake of Poltergeist from 2015 that I didn't even know existed with Sam Rockwell. Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Trip, The Road Chip, Independence Day 2, begrudging New Mexico film. Shout out here. The unintelligibly cryptic The Counselor from Ridley Scott and the complete pile of shit known as A Good Day to Die Hard. Lastly this week, Lightstorm, we all know is James Cameron's company. Their top-rated film is still Terminator 2 Judgment Day with its 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, a.k.a. the 29th greatest film of all time on IMDb, just above Back to the Future Part 1, but just below Star Wars Episode 4 New Hope. And their worst is from Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter from 1999 with its 4.8 <laughs> out of 10 on IMDb. I never bothered with really? the sequels. Yeah, I, yeah, I only I watched the first one. I mean, the first one has some low-budget charm to it. Sure. I mean, uh, low-budget. Well, <laughs> it looked low-budget. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week, this movie was produced by six dolphins trying desperately not to end up in a can of tuna or two less producers than the first film. James Cameron returns, obviously, as does his producing partner, John Landau, not related to Martin, and Peter, Peter M. Toboyensen. Brooke Breton is out as producer, as well as Kate, uh, I'm sorry, uh, not Kate, what is, uh, Leda, Leda Calogritis, which I always fuck her name up, uh, Josh McLaughlin, uh, Janice Tashjian, and Colin Wilson. In their place steps Richard Banham, David Valdez, and Bridget York. Richard Banham had won an Oscar for the first Avatar as a visual effects animation supervisor, but now he is an executive producer, because why not? Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously has nothing to do with his ability to tell a story. It has everything to do with the fact <laughs> that he wants a visual spectacle. Near as I can tell, since the IMDb overhaul of its look and it's difficult to navigate... He has only one executive producing credit, and it's for this film. He's been an animation supervisor on a few great films over the years, having worked for Weta in New Zealand. He was the animation supervisor on The Lord of the Rings and the Two. I'm sorry, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, as well as Return of the King. And he was the animator on The, the Iron Giant. But he did work on Scooby Doo. That's right, the Freddie Prince Jr. Sarah Michelle Gellar movie that just so happened to be written by the now new head of story for the DC extended universe that they announced mm. this week. That's right. Pedophile comedy tweeter, James Gunn, who fucking sucks at his job. I'm sorry. He hasn't made a good movie since fucking slither. And I don't give a shit, dude. He's just every movie he makes is just another money. <laughs> you'll, grabbing have to, you'll have to remind me what some of his more recent ones are. I mean, besides the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which he did the oh, two yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And he did the, I mean, okay, the, the Suicide Squad or... Yeah, su the wait, Suicide Squad, yes. <laughs> Suicide Squad 2, which is actually a reboot, yeah, yeah. which is... But fuck it, it's a piece I found of shit. It, I found that entertaining. I don't care. Yeah, it's entertaining enough, yeah. but it's a bad movie. I mean, do you, are you really um, going to remember that in five years? Are you? Are you? you? Do you even remember it now, other than the Starfish? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Starfish and the fact that they kill off all the heroes in the beginning so that's sure. not it yeah, yeah why not but it's a piece of shit. what what was the rest <laughs> of the movie about honestly 
Can you tell me oh, what, no, the, what the plot in was there. in that movie? No, that's my point. Polka James Dead Gunn Man is a coming, fucking... Coming to, you know, he's got over his self-loathing finally and learned to embrace his Yeah, that guy having issues. played a pedophile in several different movies, including Prisoners, <laughs> which he's excellent in, but besides the fact. All right, uh, anyway... This guy also, this the the producer that we're talking about, he also worked on Cats and Dogs, Osmosis Jones, and the original Space Jam, if that's important to you. David Valdez was nominated for Best Picture for the absolute masterpiece that is the Green Mile. But he also produced the I'm sorry, he also produced the incredible The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, the great Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood, as well as producing Clint's excellent directorial effort, Bird with the Air I Breathe alum, Forrest Whitaker as well as producing the Best Picture winner, Unforgiven, and Eastwood's starring vehicle for director Wolfgang Peterson in The Line of Fire. He also produced The Great Open Range with Waterworld alum Kevin Costner and the modern western The Book of Eli, which I actually like and give a proud New Mexico film shout-out to that film. But he did produce the awful New Mexico film Transcendence. Jesus Christ, did you shit your pants? Nah, it's dry. He also... <laughs> he also produced the awful oh. New Mexico film Transcendence with the talentless asshole known as tourist alum Johnny Depp, the useless remake of Point Break, the awful Michael Bay produced I Am Number 4, the god-awful Babylon AD with the mumbling mongoloid Vin Diesel, and the only instance I know of that a grandson drank a bottle of laxative and shat all over his father's grave, known or his grandfather's grave, known as the Time Machine with Pierce, or not Pierce, what the fuck am I saying, with... Uh, what the fuck is his name? Guy Pierce. There you go. I was going to say uh, Pierce Brosnan for a second. Uh, Lastly, for producers this week is Bridget York, who also appears to only have this one producing credit thus far. She was the art department coordinator on the first two Lord of the Rings movies, as well as the production manager of the second unit of Return of the King, until she went on to work as production manager on Peter Jackson's admittedly long King Kong, as well as the second unit of his critically lambasted The Lovely Bones. She met James Cameron on the original Avatar. She worked as production manager on that film, as well as UPM on The Adventures of Tintern. And she did all three Hobbit movies as UPM. She also went on to work as UPM on the awful Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2, Sword of Destiny, as well as the live-action PG-13 White Girl Plays a Japanese Role called Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson, which is rated PG-13. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. It's a piece of shit. It's a bummer. Side note, she was the production coordinator on Black Sheep, which is an excellent fucking horror film about zombie sheep. You should totally check that out if you have not seen it. That movie is fucking awesome. This movie stars the same cast as the first because somehow they transferred Stephen Lang's George (laughs) W. Bush into an Avatar clone. Last minute, but neglected to mention that in the first movie. Deus Ex Machina much, James. You love your Deus Ex Machinas in this movie, you piece of shit. The additions worth mentioning aren't many beyond Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Edie Falco, and Jermaine Clement, which Wait, I am not. Who's what? Kate Winslet playing? In this Kate movie? Winslet is the leader of the fucking Sea People. That is Cliff Curtis's wife. Uh, yeah, uh, who gives a shit? She's behind a bunch of blue digital pixels. Yeah, who gives a tell. fuck? Mm. She walks around with a pregnant belly the entire movie. Blah blah right, blah blah right, blah. Right, right, right. Yeah, she. This went, is a- she went full like full. Uh... Uh, what's the word? Native. Native. Blue face. Blue face, yeah. Did you see any blue people at your, your showing this time? No, morning? what I saw was a bunch of single fucking white men sitting around <laughs> looking completely miserable with their lives. <laughs> That's what I saw today. 
<laughs> anyway, this is our first movie with Kate, but James Cameron's second movie with her. Obviously, they did Titanic together and it propelled both of them into the stratosphere. But while she served as little more than the male gaze in Titanic to be pummeled by both Leo and the sinking ship, the real reason everyone should talk about she has agency in that movie. It's all about her and doing what and trying getting, to take back her, her life on either getting and... hammered by the one guy or getting hammered by Leo. That's where her fucking role is. The in that end, movie. she lives her entire life. And she's not dependent on a man. So whatever, Having that Gabe, secret affair back. and holding on to the hope diamond <laughs> to throw it in the fucking ocean. It's stupid, yeah. dude. It is a stupid, stupid movie. But beyond that, the real reason everyone should love her is her work in Peter Jackson's Incredible Heavenly Creatures, Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility, Kenneth Branagh's four-hour epic Hamlet, the excellent Philip Kaufman movie called Quills with Jeffrey Rush in his uh, most yeah. diabolical performance. <laughs> Uh, I love that movie. Iris yeah. with multi-alum Judy Dench, one of my personal favorites, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the Todd Field masterpiece, Little Children, her Oscar-winning and mostly naked performance in The Reader, another one of my personal favorites called Revolutionary Road, Road, where she reunited, reunited with Leo but divorced her husband Sam Mendez in that movie. Mildred <laughs> Pierce, seriously, she actually divorced her husband right after they made that movie. I mean, I think that movie was like a lot of the anger that you see in that movie from her is like her real life anger towards Sam yeah. Mendes. Susan Mildred Pierce, Carnage, which is way better than anyone likes to give it credit for. Contagion, which is the most accurate representation of a pandemic ever put to film, especially after all of us went through COVID. Watch that movie. Tell me that it is not accurate as fuck. Steve Jobs with the excellent Mike. I'm sorry, Steve Jobs with the always excellent Michael Fassbender, except maybe that little hiccup called The Counselor, which he is terrible in. She's in Triple Nine, Ammonite, and Mayor of Easttown, which are all excellent examples of the power of this woman. She's a force to be reckoned with, and she is absolutely wasted in Blueface playing a native in Avatar 2. It seems almost too bad to mention that she was also in the Hollywood blackmail is the only explanation for this movie's existence called Movie 43, a kid in King Arthur's court, or the god-awful remake of All the King's Men, or any of the lackluster Divergent movies, or the pedophile stepdaughter molesting and marrying creepy Woody Allen movie called Wonder Wheel, (laughs) or that piece of shit movie called The Holiday where she falls in love with Jack Black. Like, what the fuck, Hollywood? (laughs) Seriously, you know what, Trip? I love you to death, man, but you fucking suck because you like that movie. I don't know why you like that movie. Uh, now on to one of my all-time favorite actors, Deep Rising and 10,000 BC alum Cliff Curtis. I'm not picking on you, Cliff, but this is your third appearance on our podcast. We've gone over him before, but I will always love him in Once We're Warriors, even though his role is incredibly disturbing and forever fucked me up. <laughs> Three Kings with multi-alum Ice Cube, Bringing Out the Dead with Left Behind alum Nick Cage, Black Hat alum Michael Mann's insanely excellent The Insider, Training Day by the Tax Collector alum David Ayer, Whale Rider, which I should hope and believe that it is way more celebrated and watched, not to mention I hope that it is claimed as proudly as Once Were Warriors in New Zealand, Darren Aronofsky's underrated masterpiece The Fountain, Danny Boyle's equally underrated Sunshine and Crossing Over, problematic as it is in Wayne Wang's film. But 
of the more than a few bad films he has done over his 31 year long career the one that takes the cake is a film that was originally called avatar that is the last airbender from the happening alum m night Shyamalan. (laughs) he was also in the awful film virus with jamie lee curtis the god-awful uh uh reminiscence no uh yeah reminiscence which is precisely what happens when people worship a showrunner too much and don't tell them it's a bad idea. Looking at you here, Ryan Murphy, and of course, alums 10,000 BC and Deep Rising. Edie Falco is, of course, known as Car- uh, Carmela Soprano, the long-suffering matriarch in the HBO series The Sopranos. She was also in Homicide Life on the Street, Oz, American Crime Story, and Nurse Jackie. She is completely wasted in this movie as the new general that steps in for Slash Face slash Monster Energy Drink Scarface <laughs> Stephen Lang. Uh, for her feature film career, unfortunately, as of right now, this is her highest rated movie. She was also in Hal Hartley's excellent crime comedy, Trust from 1990, Molester Woody Allen's Bullets Over Broadway, the Unbelievable Truth, also from Hartley, and the rather good Megan Levy. I'm a sucker for dog movies, so fucking sue me, but this one is actually pretty good, and Kate Mara is excellent in it. She's in the underrated Copland with Stallone, Leota, De Niro, and Keitel, private parts with Howard Stern, and a film I actually worked on called The Land of Steady Habits. She was also oddly cast in Francis McDormand's role in a pilot for the remake of Fargo in 2003 with Kathy Bates directing. I never saw that, obviously. I never saw the light of day, but for some reason, they thought that was a good idea. Uh, For the shit side, she was in a movie called Backfire from 1995 with its 3.2 out of 10. Stringer from 1999 with Burt Reynolds with its 4.4 out of 10. And a TV show pilot called Firehouse from 1996 with its 4.6 out of 10 and directed by Alan Smithy. So a real piece of shit because whoever actually directed it took their fucking name off of it for a pilot that never (laughs) saw the light of day. Lastly, this week in actors is the addition of Jermaine Clement because he's a Kiwi actor, presumably, and he didn't have anything to do between seasons of what we do in the shadows and because he's a comedic talent. I guess I'm not sure controversial opinion flight of the Concords and what we do in the shadows are not great shows and his 10 primetime Emmy nominations for both seems pretty insane to me. Avatar two is unfortunately his top rated film followed by the original despicable me, the film version of what we do in the shadows, Moana and the Lego Batman movie. Do you, do you like what we do in the shadows? Have you seen that? I watched like first two seasons of it. I mean, I love the movie. You've seen the film, the right? oh, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie's great, but uh, the show kind of gets stale after you know a season, I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know what? To and be then honest, Flight of the Concords. Like I watched their special, and I thought that was pretty excellent on HBO. That was pretty mm. fun. I think it's one of those things. It's you have to get their humor to really enjoy it. And it's sure. kind of a selective humor, right. but definitely not my brand. Uh, yeah. And flight of the Concord is a show. It's, that's a lot of Emmys for right. what it is. <laughs> I know, which it's, it's fun and amusing at sometimes. And then sometimes it's a little, little boring. Long but, in the tooth. Yeah. Yeah. But to be honest, most of his movies, I don't care about at all and the likes of Don Verdane, Dinner for Schmucks, Gentleman Broncos and Eagle versus Shark just kind of make me cringe and don't help his case. <laughs> 
He does, however, vo- voice fart on Rick and Morty in season two, episode two, called Morty Night Rome, where he sings ah. about moon men, which yeah. is pretty excellent. He's like the go-to David Bowie impersonator in every I know. show I know, and dude. movie nowadays. I, know. I mean, he's not bad at impersonating Bowie, Bowie and mm. I love I love fart. Fart is hilarious in uh, Rick and Morty. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great character. Now, he's also in the aforementioned Flight of the Concords, What We Do in the Shadows, Regular Show, and Legion, which I have seen only some episodes of, but I will say I do like him in Big Mouth as Simon Sex in his one episode and his small recurring in Human Resources. But all that being said, maybe it's that his brand of comedy just doesn't agree with me, like Paul said. Oh, and he's in Bad Boys 3. So there, or I'm sorry, not Bad Boys Three. I'm sorry, Four. Men in Black Three. Uh, so there's that. Anyway, this leads us to the writers. Besides James Cameron, the script was written by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. The story was written by James Cameron, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Josh Friedman, and Shane Salerno. James, I'll get to in a bit, but Rick Jaffa wrote some pretty god awful movies over his time. From Eye for an Eye with Sally Field, The Relic with Tom Sizemore, Jurassic World. The Relic's awesome. I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Come the on. Relic is awesome. It's a good movie with the monster running around in the museum. You know, it's a good monster movie. Come on. Fine. It's passable if I'm drunk on a <laughs> Tuesday night. How about that? All right. Great. He also wrote Jurassic World in the Heart of the Sea, directed by Willow alum Ron Howard, and the 2020 remake of Mulan, which is a fucking horrifying bid and a yeah, terrible effort from bad. the great Kiwi director Nikki Cairo. He did, however, write the scripts for the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, which I really like, especially Dawn and War, which are excellent movies. So there is that. Amanda Silver is his co-writer on all those projects, so I won't recap her, but she did write the rather good Curtis Hansen movie, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. As for the story writers, Josh Friedman, I have to say I'm not a fan of. He wrote the Steven Spielberg version of War of the Worlds, the awful De Palma movie Black Dahlia, the Terminator spinoff The Sarah Connor Chronicles, shout out New Mexico Film, the unfortunately hamstrung by the network Emerald City from master filmmaker Tarsem Seng, the god awful Terminator Dark Fate and made uh, and the made for network TV version of Snowpiercer because God forbid anyone watch an English language <laughs> speaking film directed by Bong Joon Ho, whom all of you finally got your heads out of your asses when he all when you all obsessed over Parasite. It's not like the motherfucker hasn't been putting in the work for nearly 20 years and killing it, but the Academy and you dumb fucks only notice when he makes Parasite. I don't understand people, dude. I fucking hate yeah. American film goers for this reason. <laughs> you fucking suck. This is why we have to deal with endless Avatar sequels because y'all won't get out and go see good movies when they're out. Anyway, lastly this week for writers is the Shane or Shane Salerno, who is also a real piece of shit writer. Between writing Armageddon and the unfor- and unfortunately giving Michael Bay another hit so that he can continue to dumb down the entirety of the American film going public, he wrote the unforgivable abomination Aliens vs. Predator Requiem and the awful movie called Savages directed by Alexander alum Oliver Stone. This leads us to director James Cameron, who we all know and I'll just skip. We know what he did, and I just don't give a fuck anymore. He's fallen so far as a filmmaker in that he isn't making movies new or original. He's just rehashing plots with new technology, and I'm so fucking tired of it. 
The days of T2, the Abyss, True Lies, and Aliens are long gone. He gets obsessed with an idea and makes as many movies as he can about the one idea, even if the idea is boring or rehashed. He made Titanic and then made three fucking documentaries about himself exploring the ocean. And now he's stuck making five fucking Avatar movies, which will put him at 74 years old by the time that they are done. Just so that way we can see another senior citizen trying to find another great idea while waiting on tech to catch up with his ideas. Yeah, I said it. He would be wandering around with a fucking colostomy bag, just fucking talking about how he has an idea that he needs to wait for technology to catch up to him, needing his actors to breathe in space without a helmet or some shit, and his (laughs) movies will never come. We are seeing the swan song of James Cameron right now with Avatar. Mark my words, people. I'm dead serious, dude. As much as I talk shit, I think that this is it for James. Like, if he when he gets through these five fucking Avatar movies, he's gonna sit around for ten years, and then when he's in his eighties, he's gonna be like, "I got this idea for a movie, and it's gonna be like a fucking Sword in the Stone set in space or some bullshit. <laughs> it's gonna suck." Anyway, this movie just opened today, December sixteenth, twenty twenty-two. We're releasing this tomorrow, December seventeenth. Just so you know, negating Thursday showing, so to speak, in Which an uncon. In an unconfirmed, in a un, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you were also born three years earlier than me, which means you wiped your ass before I did. But who gives true. a shit on if you flushed your toilet the first yeah, time? You fucking you know, asshole. You probably drank my sewage. Yeah, so. that's fine. Whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it opened in an unconfirmed 4,100 theaters. I couldn't find an exact number, but that's what I read online. Oh, and damn. was produced for an estimated 350 to 400 million dollars and if that's true makes it officially the most expensive movie ever made avatar 2 dances with fern gully smurfs is projected to open with anywhere from 150 to 175 million or almost 100 million dollars more this weekend than the first movie opened in 2009 also out this week are spoiler alert, which I ducked out on last year. Wanted to go work on something else, which apparently it was a shit show, and I'm glad I missed that. And it's a piece of shit movie, is what I hear. Mind Cage with Martin Lawrence playing a serious thriller detective. I'll let you think about that for a second, because you did hear that correctly. Martin Lawrence is playing a real thriller detective in a movie called Mind Cage. Thanks, pal. Uh, out this yeah, week as well. Comedic actors, actors can can do drama. I mean, you know. Has Martin Lawrence ever done drama? (laughs) Not that I can think of. (laughs) Ever? Anyway, also out this week are Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, a.k.a. Alejandro Gonzalez and Adi 2's autobiographical movie that two good friends went to Mexico in order to work on. Also in theaters this week is Violent Night with David Harbour killing people dressed as Santa Claus, which I definitely need to check that movie out. It's actually got a pretty good rating. Uh, the Menu with Ralph Fiennes, which I cannot wait to see. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is fucking excellent. And everybody should watch on Netflix right now because it's out on Netflix and it's fucking amazing. Emancipation with Big Willie, which is an incredibly poorly structured movie, which is definitely a candidate for this podcast, even though I don't want to make light of slavery by shitting on a bad movie. Uh, a movie called Bones and All, which I still need to see, which I'm super excited about because I just rented it on Vudu and I can't wait to fucking watch it. The Whale, which I would have much rather have seen than this piece of shit. I would have sat through The Whale <laughs> twice to see a Darren Aronofsky movie rather than sit through this fucking piece of shit. 
Triangle of Sadness, Spielberg's autobiography, The Fableman's Oscar hopeful tar with Kate Blanchett and directed by the incredible Todd Field, Empire of Light from Sam Mendes, After Sun, Decision to Leave from Park Chan-wook, which I cannot wait to see, and the excellent and hilarious Banshees of Inishirin, which you should totally check out and is on fucking HBO Max right now. It is one of the funniest movies of the year and is one of the best movies of the year. You should totally check that shit out. Have you seen that yet, Paul? Director no, of Imbrute? No, no. Oh, man. No, you got to watch that to shit, it. man. I'm going to get to it real soon. Anyway, since this movie just opened this week, I can't give you which country doesn't give a fuck about the Smurfs 2, a trip to the water park, but I can tell you that James Cameron is not a hit in Cambodia, where his lifetime gross across all of his movies is $9,794. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Near as I can tell, the top grossing movie of all time in Cambodia is Friend Zone from 2019, a Thai romantic comedy that made $580,000 at the box office in Cambodia and also set the opening day box office record of $60,763. The other top movies in Cambodia, the other top five, I should say, are Fast and Furious with $50,757, Avengers Infinity War with $50,215, Avengers Age of Ultron with $46,317 and the Captain Marvel movie with $45,324. So to give you an idea, Avengers Infinity War, which is like the third highest grossing movie of all time, only made 50 grand in Cambodia. And this movie called Friend Zone, a romantic comedy, made $580,000 or 11 mm -hmm. times what the Avengers made. With an average cost of 45,210 Cambodian reals per person for a fancy theater or $11 American or an average theater with the cost of 16,440 reals per person or just $4 American in 2022, that brings total estimated Cambodian assets and ass asses in seats to either 890.36 people in a fancy theater or 2,448.5 people would have been expected to show up to Avatar The Smurf-tastic Voyage. Special thank you this week goes out to my old friend Hadia Khan who lives in Cambodia for this box office cost. I actually texted her in order to figure out how much it costs to, make a, or to go to a movie in Cambodia. I love you and I miss you. Anyway. With a population of 17,285,621 people, or 285,621 people in 2022, that means that anywhere between 5.149 100 thousandths to 1.4165 10 thousandths of Cambodia's total population would make it out to see digital indigenous mermaids recreating Can You Feel the Love Tonight from The Lion King. Avatar The Way of Water currently has an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb with 22,505 votes, a 69 <laughs> on Metacritic or 14 points lower than the first one, and a certified fresh... Not your, not your 71 anymore, is it? It was 71 when it premiered, and that's what I fucking told you it would be. 71 is where it would land. On the money, cunty. On the money. landed there, bitch. So fuck All right, fine. There's only 52 reviews, and usually there's 54 in order to finish out, so maybe the other two will bring it back up to 71. Anyway, it also has a certified fresh rating of 80% on RottenTomatoes.com with a 94% audience score. This movie ranks oh, highest man. amongst females aged less than 18 with a 9.3 out of 10 on IMDb oh. and lowest amongst males under age 18 with a really? 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I totally would not have called that. It's yeah. I, I thought it would have been the opposite. 
This week, I would rather begin to drown as a fucking jellyfish wraps its stinging tentacles around my balls than consider the thought process of 8,517 people. You might want to take that back. I don't know. I got stung (laughs) twice by jellyfish in the Dominican Republic. I didn't get anyone wrapping around my balls. But that's 37.8% of the voters who have gone to rate this movie who rated this as a perfect fucking 10 best sci-fi aquatic theme movie ever made on IMDb. My vote this week stands with the 1.1% of voters or 242 others who rated this as a 4 out of 10 on IMDb. And the only reason it is that high is it is because it is completely and competently put together escapist entertainment in a world so completely created, it may as well have been completely animated on a computer rather than have a single fucking actor in the movie. The whole goddamn thing is just computer animated. My favorite reviews this week begin with Kurt Lauder from creators syndicate kurt blends the jello with quote is this one of the things we want to get from movies right now pictures that take long famous oscar-winning actors and bury them so deeply in digital gelatin that they pass that a passing fantasy fish and phosphorescent flora outshine them at every turn end quote (laughs) original score one out of five stars Bob Bloom from Journal and Courier runs the gamut with, quote, Cameron and his cronies just expect us to marvel at his technological acumen and forget that filmmakers are supposed to entertain audiences, not expend energy to impress them with their movie making expertise. End quote. Original score, 1.5 out of 5 stars. Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle views the Mobius strip with, quote, on more than one occasion, we're told that the way of water has no beginning and no end. No kidding. Original score, one out of four <laughs> stars. My all-time favorite review of this last week comes from Robbie Cologne, or Colin from The Telegraph in the UK. Robbie practices extraordinary rendition, and this is a little bit longer of a quote, but I have to read it because it's fucking hilarious. He practices extraordinary rendition with, quote, Avatar 2 is finally here, and it's like being waterboarded with turquoise cement. James Cameron's decade in the making, The Way of Water, has no plot, no stakes, and atrocious dialogue. What happened to this great director? The problem is that said universe is unvaryingly garish, which makes watching the film like being waterboarded with turquoise cement. The story cooked up by Cameron and a four-person writing team is a classic piece of franchise elongation in which nothing meaningful happens or important changes, (laughs) and all the pieces are returned to their original positions ready for the next installment. End quote. Original score, one out of five stars. This week, it took me 13 years to view James Cameron's 192-minute film that is rated PG-13 for sequences of strong violence and intense action, partial nudity, and some strong language. So, Paul, there you are. It's been a decade since you've been living off your residual checks from Avatar, and you have to start delivering a script to the studio suits. The cocaine and hookers have been nice, (laughs) but after snorting lines of blue coke off the boner of a spider monkey in an underwater sub off the coast of New Guinea, things are starting to get pretty boring. You got to get some new cash flow to get the suits off your back. You line up another rail thinking of to yourself, maybe I should retire and go back to driving semis in Canada. 
no, I should make a movie about a truck driver driving across a planet full of blue people, and he wanders across an even bigger truck that is terrorizing him on the road. It would be like Duel and the Hitcher meet the Smurfs, and Gargamel plays the Rukar Hauer character as he mouthfucks Papa Smurf as he has to watch Smurfette get ass-fucked by Gargamel's pet cat, Asriel. Excellent. Another bump fires down your nostrils as you st- as your septum collapses even further into your head. <laughs> You summon the courage to lift your head from the mirror and turn on your computer. Just then, Paul, it all hits you along with the massive drip that is probably the remaining pieces of your septum going down your throat. Pitch this motherfucker to me, Paul. (sighs) Man, I got problems here. I got problems. Cameron just wants to fucking swim around his goddamn subs all day. And now I got to write this movie. I mean, okay. What, what what am I gonna do, man? I I mean, we could do an original plot, like yeah, maybe do that. Do some like, you know, character development or something. Yeah. Take uh, Jake Sully on a journey. Maybe he learns know, something in the process. Yeah, yeah. Jake Sully. Maybe introduce some new characters and flesh. Maybe them a out. new villain. Three, that would be cool. New villain. Yeah, yeah. Three dimensional characters, maybe. Um, sure. Yeah, but. Cameron really, really loves the submarines, and okay. we're gonna have to like put them in water, film it, and then CG over all of that because <laughs> he just loves putting actors in water. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I don't know. Just, Maybe it's a fetish probably, thing. I think he's really like jerking off in in his wetsuit. <laughs> I just I don't know. While they're Maybe he's got one of those yeah. those horse suckers that's like on the end of his uh, fucking know, penis I, for milking a horse. He really, yeah. he I, I saw him the other day. He had huge erection when one of the actors had <laughs> been underwater for seven minutes and they started convulsing. And I, ah. I don't know. I he Is just has too much money, maybe? man. I can't like, stop for a bit anymore. The we pruny like, hands that are all raisiny to like rub on his dick. That's what he's doing. I don't for. know what he's doing, man, but. He just he fucking scares me. Okay. Scares me. He fucking he has these claw arms, like these bioengineered claw arms, and he fucking okay. choked me the other day with them. <laughs> told me that I need to make a movie script for him, and I'm, I'm kind of terrified, man. Like, <laughs> and uh, he does he doesn't want to like anything. He just he's like make it like Avatar. And so I came up with some some ideas about characters, and and he's like, that didn't happen in Avatar One. Sure. So what the fuck are you gonna do? So, all right. So we're gonna start, and we're gonna set up everything exactly the same as Avatar. But first, okay. we need an inciting incident. So I'm thinking that we mention some cloning, and then have. <laughs> The colonel from the first one come back as as a clone and wait so this movie's about clones is that is that what uh, you're saying no 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 well i mean we'll we'll throw in some like spirituality stuff because all right, all right. so i, I just want to be clear because it, inciting yeah. incident means the main thing that's kicking off the storyline right right, right owning or does that mean or is there something else in here that actually well, we what gotta is have the, the same story? he wants What's the, the same fucking he wants the same thing so we got to have the evil colonel guy like literally we can't have another villain it's got to be okay. the guy with his face slashed and so we got to <laughs> have him 
come back from the dead somehow. So can't, he can be the can't villain. that guy have like a son that we didn't know about, and the son comes oh, back? Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, Cameron Jake likes Sully, his. And then we can just write out like, Stephen Lang's two character. Word character conflicts. He's got a son, and his son is with the Navi. All right, all right, all right. Sure. We got that. Excellent. So we got, all right. We've got drama built in already. That's good. Sure. Uh, so now Jake has a family. We'll throw in some family shit real quick. And then the colonel comes, fucks up their shit, and so they have to run. And okay. they go, he's got to have his water shit. It's got to be underwater. Like, half of the movie needs to be under fucking water so he can use a sub. Why? And, Why? And he likes to rub it off in his wetsuit. I don't is he like rubbing off in the fucking submarine as he's floating around out there? Well, you can see him through the bubble. He thinks that we can't see through the bubble, but we can see. Yeah, that's that's. But when it doing. looks like a big bottle of Head and Shoulders has been dumped out in the <laughs> fucking bubble, I don't want it, man. I don't want it, buddy. <laughs> he's, got, right. he's got my green card and everything. I'm gonna get kicked out of All New right. Zealand. I'll have to All go right. back to Fine. fucking. I'll have to go back to Texas. You have to go back if... to waiting in the valley, you son of a bitch. <laughs> all right, so he's all right. So we're gonna get him in there. We're gonna get him out out of their comfort zone, and so then they'll start in a new village with sure. the water people, and sure. then we can redo the entire first act of Avatar. With all of them learning the exact, but obviously doing the first act and the second act. So the first act is really the second. I mean, we're gonna do the first, second, and third acts all the same. But (laughs) what I'm saying, they gotta have, you know, we're doing the world building. He's invested two billion (laughs) dollars. For like, he hired every single linguist in the world to come up with a new alien language, but then he said it sounded too alien. So then he just had some like people from Africa like make up some gibberish. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, he did the same thing with James Horner, you know, he just fucking had Ripped James Horner yeah. okay. came up right. with this amazing music. Uh, but it was too it didn't sound Cameron enough, so then he was like, just do the boilerplate shit. And just then copy the theme James from Cam- and then fucking James Horner died in that plane crash. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, All right. It was excellent. It wasn't I an mean, accident. I know. I figured as much. <laughs> James is so upset at this score. <laughs> All right, me. so get fucking help me, man. No, get out of my uh, office. Uh, you get know the what? Fuck fuck it. I got it. I got it. I'm just gonna use this AI. Please. Oh, excellent. Yes. Give me Avatar two script exactly like Avatar one, but with more water. Excellent. God. All right, Damn, whatever that was easy. Out, we'll make that. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. All right, we're done. <laughs> All right, so, uh, uh, Paul, we're going to just, uh, just for everybody's sake, obviously, Paul and I could not take notes as we were watching this movie because we were watching it in the theater. So this is off the top of our heads. So, Paul, start me off right away, man. How do you feel about this movie? Out of 10 stars, how did you feel about it? How was your you know, movie theater? How I was, was the IMAX 3D? I was really hopeful. Is my first Avatar viewing you know, it was uh, it was great. It was an experience. I could tell yeah, we had a lot of when fun. I was we went to Denver. Yeah, yeah, we had a great yeah. time. Yeah, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, it was 
you know, the story itself wasn't that original or anything, but it was right. like a new experience, you know, nothing you'd ever seen before. This sure. one, uh, you know, maybe 10 minutes in, I'm like, God damn it. He's just hitting the <laughs> replay button. And then every time one of the story beats from the last Avatar came up, I just got more and more disheartened because I was, I was hoping... I, I did, did you that, feel your optimism like bleeding out of you yeah, as you were it was, watching the it was getting sucked out oh, by the time they started doing like the whaling scene and then I'm like oh they're gonna kill the whale and it's gonna be like home tree dying and they're gonna try they're gonna expect us to have that same emotional impact right I was sitting there like fuck this goddamn <laughs> such like they've spent so much money like creating this world from nothing sure, sure. they could take it so many different places but it was like yeah it was just a repeat but more dumb and yeah, yeah super disappointing I mean, so, so tell me i know i think in the in episode 11 when we reviewed avatar the first one i think that you gave the original like seven out of ten or something like that i think that's what your original score was or an eight out of ten sounds somewhere around there with this movie how did you feel out of ten stars Uh, maybe i mean it's i don't want to shit on everyone that worked on it sure I mean, your your so, review has nothing to do with the technicians of it. Just right. tell me your gut reaction for. I'm, I'm gonna say a three. I'm gonna go. With oh, okay. Three. You're less than I am out of ten. I had a four out of ten at least. Really? Yeah, I had, a, I had a four out of ten, but only because this movie is escapist entertainment, and there were a couple of moments where I was forcing myself. It was like a literal forcing myself, saying, "Gabe, stop thinking about it. Just enjoy the movie for three seconds and see what happens." <laughs> and uh, and I was thinking about it, and I like forced myself to enjoy it. And when I forced myself to enjoy like a scene or something like that, no. it felt like escapism. It felt like he had yeah. created enough of a world that I could forget about this fucked up world that we live in and that my life wasn't so goddamn awful as it is. <laughs> I'm just joking. My life is awesome. I really love my life. But beyond the fact is that I just, I felt for a second that I could disassociate from this world and feel like he transported me to someplace new. But then I kept thinking about it and I was like, this world's really beautiful, but New Zealand is more beautiful than this. Like I've been to New Zealand <laughs> And where he shot this is more beautiful. And there's not a fucking ounce of the beautiful country that is New Zealand in this movie. It's completely created in this fucking pile of digital bits that he pulled off of a computer and shot his load all over. And that's what we get is this. And like, I mean, if you guys are watching the video in these clips, like the uh, the film of Avatar is running backwards behind me because it is exactly the same movie, essentially just done all over again. So instead of watching a movie start to finish, this is a movie running backwards because we're just rehashing shit that we've already seen 13 years ago. But okay, so Paul, let's let's start right off the bat. The number one thing that pissed me off immediately from the start was like two minutes into the movie. 
He says that he's like Jake Sully says that he's an expert at Navi, right? Like speaking Navi so much so that it sounds like English to him now. And they switch completely over to English Boom. instead of speaking fucking Navi, because presumably a majority of this movie takes place in the Navi village. And James Cameron didn't want us reading the fucking language yeah, for a majority yeah. of the movie. It's he didn't want people to get lost because <laughs> people can't read. And goddamn you, James Cameron alone on that one. But that that pissed me off because that was like that babblefish type shit that was in uh, in Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. That it's like almost yeah. like the babblefish from fucking uh, Hitchhiker's Guide got inserted <laughs> yeah. in your ear, yeah. and now all of a sudden you can understand it. I was like, this is lazy. And that was the first thing that I thought, dude. Is two minutes into the movie, I was like, this is the laziest piece of shit device I've seen from James Cameron. Talk it's about lazy right. to me. Before. It's fine to me. Is <clears throat> I mean, it takes a lot. They they created a full language for this movie to throw it away, sure. of course. Um, but, you know, the first movie is all about this huge cultural divide between Jake and the Na'vi. And right. so I think having them speak the language and you hear it and it being nonsense because you don't speak it is fine from Jake's perspective. And in this, since he's been immersed and he's learned it through and through at this point right you can just have the whole fucking thing speak in english, english. okay yeah fuck it uh, all right so <laughs> all right i just i want to talk about how i my biggest problem with this movie that sticks out the most to me my first thing that i want to bitch about is how long the training sequence is in order to like learn this new world it's 45 minutes of the movie yeah. Where they're learning about this new world and they're riding the fucking dolphins and they're doing the training sequences <laughs> well, all over again. I mean, I think that's part of some of some people's favorite stuff in the original Avatar. It's the world building. This isn't the, the original version. Avatar. Move right, on right, with right, the fucking right, story. Right. So James Cameron literally set out and he's like, "Why? What did people like in Avatar? Because I don't." I don't know. It's like he lost Check confidence box, in himself as a Check filmmaker. Box, that <laughs> and so he's just like, just copy it. It's because I, I did read a, an article like maybe five years ago. And then they're like, they were filming and then they just threw everything away. Their original script because Cameron was like, make it more like avatar. <laughs> and, and so I guess they went literally, Let's make it like exactly like Avatar, oh follow all the God. same thing. But, you know, there's he wants to do this world building stuff as a director, and it's all about the show, not tell. You know, you don't want to have a bunch of exposition. You don't have Jake sure. doing his video journaling anymore as a storytelling device. Right. So they have to have the characters in the fish out of water situation, literally. And. <laughs> <laughs> And having them being taught by all the people that understand everything that's going on in order so, to get the world building so James Cameron can have his submarines and shit. I just want to <laughs> ask I just want to ask an obvious so, question. It's, he said he said that he had to wait for ten years or whatever for technology to catch up to his idea for the second movie. What fucking idea? 
Like, if you're talking about water technology, know. dude, the water yeah. technology in this is really good, but I already saw that shit in Finding Nemo and fucking, like, Pixar movies. You know, yeah. like, I've already seen convincing sure. water on I screen. feel like he probably, they actually built some of these submarine things just so Cameron well, can fly around. In supposedly, in this movie, he wanted to film at the base of the Marianas Trench, and he actually filmed some shit in the base of the Marianas <laughs> Trench, but I'm like, for what? <laughs> For what? See, the entire movie takes place in water less than thirty just, meters deep. It was just him filling his his bucket on his submersible technology yeah. and giving his brother money to build this shit. His ah, brother is a, a marine engineer and he builds all this submarine shit I know. for real. He's a fuck oh. but <laughs> so I think half of this was just him funding his own deep sea exploration thing. You know, yeah, you know what, it's all CG. I mean, what's the point? Like he, you know what makes he was torturing the actors. Like Sigourney I know, Weaver had to hold her breath. For I know for five minutes, minutes, dude. Five minutes. <laughs> I don't know what, why. What I what I don't understand. What I don't understand <laughs> is this movie right now is one of the favorites that the critics are, or like that the the studios are pushing into best picture territory for the Oscars. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? What? How the fuck is this best picture material? Seriously, sure it's an entertaining movie. They all spent a lot of money on it, and they want people to go see it. Look, let me let me <laughs> ask you one one quick thing about the technology, okay? About the did you? I don't know if it happened in your IMAX showing, but the variable frame rate. Did you see this? Like in not, in the action scenes, it kicks up into to, an HR HFR frame rate, like a high frequency uh-huh. re- refresh rate or whatever. Where like it goes from, I think a majority of the movie when it was being projected is still twenty four. Uh, but when no, it gets no, no. to it when it gets to immediately the HFR shit, frames, it's like sixty frames. The it, or it goes up to one hundred and twenty from sixty or yeah. whatever. But it looks like a fucking video game during the action sequences, mm. and I have a huge, a huge problem with that because yeah. I was like, I don't want to watch a fucking video game <laughs> for three hours. Yeah. Now, why it does was, this movie need to be three the, hours? The and high frame rate long, stuff Paul? bothered me for a few minutes because yeah, it does. It I mean, looks it, like it, for me, it looks like the shitty TV gimmick where it, it does the video smoothing, yeah. and I fucking hate that I so hate much, it, dude. I hate it. For and then, me, and then it, it kind of went away and. The action scenes look amazing, and I I didn't notice sure. it at all. Like after a certain point, but for yeah, me, dude, I had to get used to it for a it few was, minutes. Uh, for me, seriously, it was um, it reminded me of the first time I saw The Hobbit in high frame rate. Yeah, where like I see the edges, and I don't like seeing the edges. Like I don't like knowing that I'm watching an artifice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like suck me into the story. Convince me that the God's eye, which is your camera that I'm looking at these people with, is an omniscient character that I'm watching their story play out. Like, it bothered me. It really did. I was like, why are we doing this? Why? Like, just so that fucking James Cameron can whack off and be like, oh, I did what what Ang Lee did on Billy Lynn's long walk home, (laughs) but I'm doing it again because you're a piece of shit, James. Like, Ang Lee already did this, bro. Where you're not giving us anything that we haven't seen already. Ang Lee already did it. Fucking Peter Jackson already did it. You're fuck. I mean, if you want to go back to Peter Jackson, you're ten years too late. Ten years. We've already had this technology. You didn't do anything new, James. You're a fucking idiot because you think that you did something new and that you just want to masturbate about how technical you are. 
but you got to tell a story, dude. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of fucking sizzle reels for technology that you don't own, you fucking twat. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's like the goddamn truth. Uh, this isn't – I read a review this week that I really agreed with is that films aren't supposed to be all these, like, showcases – for technology that they can cherry pick in order to make the next movie. Oh, let's grab the uh, high frame rate technology from uh, from Hobbit. Let's take uh, the water effects from Finding Nemo. We'll stick those together. Maybe we'll grab uh, some visual effects artists from Weta, like Lord of the Rings. We'll put that in there. And then maybe we'll throw some uh, some production design from Dances with Wolves in there. And like, you're not making a movie like a fucking soup, man. Like, cut it out. Start with a protein, which is the story, and work your way back. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's your story, James? You're a fucking idiot if you think that this is okay, man. I'm just I'm sick of his fucking bullshit, man. This movie pissed me off to no end because I just kept sitting there like there were so many times where I was laughing. And the guy next to me in the theater was super upset because I was laughing at how fucking stupid this movie was. That especially when the whale died, that I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, he kept looking over at me. Mind you, this bastard is like so large that he's like leaning into my chair the whole fucking showing. And I'm literally having to sit there leaning to one side and being like, bro, like how how like, full I'm, was your theater? Uh, it was only about like two thirds full. It wasn't yeah. like full full, which I was surprised by. But besides the fact is that, I mean, it was a 10 a.m. on a Friday and presumably right. people have day jobs and they need to go to or whatever. But I was still like super angry about the way that this movie was developing. And like right near the beginning, it was uh, that moment where like it, right in the opening, he like holds up the baby. I was like, what is this? The fucking Lion King? <laughs> like, I just, just kept laughing through. <laughs> I kept laughing throughout all these stupid moments. And you know what? Like, I'll just say it. The obvious part about this is that. If you're trying to say it, like tell some sort of indigenous storyline, like anti-colonialism, pro-environment storyline, why do you have so many white people playing native characters? And why do you fucking... I don't understand, dude. I just don't get it. Like, what are you trying to do, James? Seriously. Like, what's your what, story, what man? white people are playing native characters? Well, besides Kate Winslet playing like the lead of the fucking princess or whatever the fuck, uh, there's like the girl or whatever that's the daughter as well. She's a fucking white person. Like, I'm just like, come on, dude. Well, like, you have all they, these great. They are alien blue people. I mean, they're not any. But you base race. their structure. <laughs> you base their structure of their society around Native American culture. Which bothers I don't know me about Native Americans specifically, just because they have bows and arrows. Game doesn't. No, 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 <laughs> not bows and arrows. You fucking idiot. <laughs> the way that they speak, their fucking uh, religious activities, their spiritualism, their connection to nature, wow. the way that they honor their relatives, the way that they honor their dead, the way that they bury their dead. A, all of this is it's a colostomy bag of basically a bunch of non-western cultures put together sure African, all right fine fine Oceanic, but American. whatever <laughs> i'm gonna skip that for a second because it is blue people and i don't want to get too hung up on racially appropriate african culture my by point Native american culture can you my point is is that you simultaneously alternate between like 
people being like technically proficient and like enjoying like the technology of like the the sky people blah 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 and jumping back and forth between honoring their traditions and using the technology but throughout the entire it's movie you keep <laughs> you keep reinforcing that these people even though it's been what uh, is it been like a year i think since the last movie i think is with no it's more than that because they uh, have the kids that have Oh, I mean, it starts blah, blah, blah. like it starts almost immediately after the first movie, where he goes through. Yeah, some yeah they bags. leave, they get shoved off a of Pandora, and, and then come like back and a year years, later, and then it skips another like couple years. It's thirteen yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, okay. So I'll I'll give them this. Okay, the action scenes are well done. They're gripping enough. They're well thought out. They're well writ or they're real well choreographed. Which is a big thing for me because, like, I you know how much I hate action scenes that I have no idea where people yeah, are. The shaky cam well has gotten blocked. way out of control. The editing, yeah, everything. Every, I mean, the action scenes. There's not much to complain about. They're some of the best ones I've seen. But sure, you have to have like some investment in your characters to give a fuck to make good action scenes like happen yeah because i know that jake sully's gonna live (laughs) i know that nate's here he's gonna live and you know what i'll just say this because it's one of the things that bothered me the most i don't need three more avatar movies of zoe saldana going (laughs) i don't need three more movies of her doing that okay like i get that she's upset but it's still one note. All this woman does is kill people and get sad. That's all she does in these movies. Yeah, like she has, seriously. she has a few lines outside of that, but she's not. Uh, she's kind of a side character in this movie for the most part. Yeah, even though in the end she turns into be like the uh, the number one killing machine yeah, at the end of this movie for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she does. I think talk. she does have the best line, which I don't even remember what she says, but. Wins. Oh, I guess Weaver. it was the best line then if you can't fucking remember it. <laughs> it was more of the delivery and the timing, but <laughs> which is what Sigourney Weaver, the, the kid character, has her like seizure and they call in what's his name? Fred the the human. Which they never come back to, by the way. Right. Right. But they call him in and he's got all his sciencey shit and she just looks yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you've done nothing. Like norm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chases them off immediately, and then they do their like, you know, spiritual, you know, Awas gonna heal her. Fetishization and... of indigenous people thing. Yeah, sure. <sighs> Thanks for that, James. <laughs> they have their own religion, you know. It's not a fetish. No, it's making <laughs> it's making non-whites or non-colonials being this like fetish that oh it's so magical what they can do and it's a well, fucking trope in hollywood <laughs> and i'm sick of it uh i'm gonna push back and say that awa is like a literal god like a real living god in this whole series at this point you know can resurrect is yeah is it sigourney weaver is it's like energy. an immaculate conception energy it's, Yo, all right, let's gonna talk about that to put your science right, labels on let's, it, let's but in reality, it's an actual god. <laughs> like, let's talk about that, okay? <laughs> I really, really want to dig into the Sigourney Weaver thing for a second. Because her playing her young, like, her young character, whatever her young character was called, the fucking, 
her doing that like age defying performance where she was playing like a teenager, but she's like really her like that really bothered me. And that she's <laughs> this really Christ like figure and it's this Christ like figure that she's an immaculate <laughs> conception. And you literally say that in your opening moments of your movies that nobody knows how she was conceived. Like, what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened between these two movies, bro? You know, and honestly, you I think the idea that there's like a I blue mean, she's definitely Jesus. the most interesting character in this whole movie. Why? Because she sits around staring at shit underwater. Yeah. Wow. Really yeah, great film writing. Fish fly around in school. Oh, <laughs> no, I mean, she you have they Jesus. have several scenes in sparse in a movie that is pretty sparse with its character development where they make fun of her for not knowing who her father is and they're like guessing that it's norm and she's like super pissed about that idea right. and then I get all know, that she's getting bullied by the other kids because she's staring at fish all day way to way to bully people came the fish starers and you know she's a she's a She's got the most going for her in terms of like sure. character development. So that's uh, sad that the woman who stares at fish is the most interesting character in this movie. It's sad. I like, uh, I, I liked her. I liked her the way she did it. So, I was kind of weirded out by the way she was talking because it was kind of like didn't seem like she was acting, but as you progress, right. I felt like it was just part of her character and her right cadence and everything so yeah i thought that was weird too but i'll just say that i think one of the things that bothered me the most about this movie besides sigourney weaver's performance is that uh the the whole side storyline where they're like talking to the whale whales and shit like no other creature throughout this pandoran world have they been able to communicate with like the whales? And then all of a sudden the whales right. like can literally understand yeah. sign language in English. And when the whale when talks back in the yeah. noises, yeah. somehow he that understands this. He's never fucking seen right, a whale right. before, right. but he understands it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. And then I was and just like, the all right, subtitles gonna, is the whales are go. speaking. I'm like, all right, it's just, well, you know what? Fuck well, this. These are actually talking whales. I didn't, but they, they, I think they kind of, it's a bit, it takes you out a bit, but then you see that their whole culture is like based on talking to these whales and actually talking and you're like, oh, I guess the whales are really smart and they can talk and shit. Okay. Let's, let's Fine. circle back to a second on the, the main purpose of this movie. All right. So the main purpose of this movie, other than, other than what's his name coming for. Uh, Jake Sully, right? Like other than uh, uh, fucking Stephen Lang going after Jake Sully, that's like the main A storyline. The B storyline is about how this corporation is hunting the whales in order to get their fucking like brain, brain juice. liquid or whatever. <laughs> let's let's talk about that I'm for like, a second. What the so, fuck? There, there's a significant <laughs> portion of this movie, and that's like two hours into the movie, dude. This whole like whaling subplot thing, and you're like, what? So now, instead of just, like, nuking all the islands to kill Jake Sully or whatever, just raining fire down from one of the spaceships yeah. they happen to have floating in orbit, 
Right. He's going to go village to village, you know, where are the Viet Cong? Tell me where the Viet Cong are. Yeah, no, do the, no, uh, no just doing the platoon then, thing, going village to village. And then their next best plan is to go whaling. And I'm like, what Yeah. fuck? What was that about, dude? It's just two hours into the movie, yeah, they're finally I like, mean, oh, yeah, we're here for the fucking like, that, shit out of their brains. Maybe that message would have resonated more in the 70s, but it's like. Or how about how about nowadays? The, to where how about that he's talking about the shit that he's getting out of the whales, right? And that the guy just casually mentions, "Oh, this stuff that we're getting out of the whales' brains like stops human aging." Yeah, and then they never come back to it. And yeah. I'm like, "Wait a second. He also Wait says this vial that they spent like weeks obtaining, like eighty is worth millions, yeah, eighty million. I'm like." It's going to take you like 50 years at least to transport that back to Earth. And it's going to cost a lot more than 50 to 80 million dollars to take it back. To send yeah. a spaceship full of whale juice back to fucking I mean, Earth. what was that? All right, it's, so correct. It is what not was... a profitable business model here. I'm sorry. Remind <laughs> me. Remind me about the unobtainium, right? Like, what is unobtainium? do back on earth i remember these things like it's... it helps them make superconducting which all their technology relies on all right so it's like the Dune. neodymium of today where everything all right yeah yeah, yeah. Made, made so, right so in dune okay dune about the, like the spice right the right. spice is like what allows them to do interstellar travel yeah that's a very valuable Important. thing i understand <laughs> yeah. that Making superconductors out of unemptamium is like, whatever, okay, fine, whatever. But I, I still don't fucking buy that because they could just do nuclear recombination and create unemptamium back on Earth. But like the whale serum, you have the whale serum that is allowing people to live forever. Like, what the fuck is happening, dude? This is your movie, James? And you don't bother introducing why they're trying to draw these characters out with this whole fucking sub-whaling plot until yeah. two-thirds of the way through the movie what the fuck is happening dude they had to have what a the, hack job like seriously point by point world building training montage for what for what and they don't even get <laughs> like what the i just i fucking i hate this whole goddamn movie because like things like that it's just like, oh, you know, dee, 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 we're going to do this scene. Oh, hey, look at this. This is a huge plot detail no, I forgot no. to mention earlier. I it's mean, like Robert I mean, Downey Jr. Basically... in fucking Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Oh, wait, back up. I forgot to tell you something. Hang on. No, <laughs> no it's, it's pretty insane. But I think it was all because Cameron was like, I, I have these ideas for these really cool harpoons. They're going to put them on some boats, and I wanted to just shoot them at something, and they're like one of the writers is like save the whale story <laughs> and he's like oh that's genius that's yes excellent yeah yeah we don't we'll have any there aren't any more trees we can't do another home tree thing we talk for a second about how when they get to the home tree that's under the water whatever the <laughs> fuck that thing is called and yeah. when that pops up i literally started laughing because it's like oh my <laughs> god they got home tree underwater fantastic <laughs> like so easy Home but beyond call, that yeah. how this entire movie kind of veers into free willy for like five minutes where it's like oh all of a sudden we're just gonna have this like side storyline about him befriending the whale and the child befriending the whale and I the mean, whale like coming to save honestly, him honestly i i think that 
yeah, it is. It is derivative. It's free Willy. But, you know, it was probably the best part of this whole movie, honestly, <laughs> that whole subplot. I mean, the scene where... I think my favorite scene is where the kid goes out in the open water and he starts getting chased by that shark thing. I think that was the most exciting. Oh, you mean the exact same scene as uh, Jake being attacked by the six-legged panther right. in the first but movie? It's exactly the, the same scene? <laughs> it's literally exactly the same he scene. He doesn't have Fire. a waterfall to jump off of, though. He fires the harpoon weapon. It gets taken away from him. And then it's going through and like barreling into him and almost getting to him only for a Deus Ex Machina to get involved, which is a literal fucking whale to come out of nowhere and slam into the shark. What is happening, dude? But, this whole yeah. this whole sequence. It's exactly, it was very well done. I All right. I got to I got to praise one element that never fails in this movie, and that is the sound design. Sure, and like I mean, you didn't especially hear the Star Wars sounds that you're complaining yeah, about. The, the sound first, design right? is amazing, and sure. you can really like when they're doing the underwater and the fish are like flapping their their fins. You can really feel like the mass and the weight of the water they're displacing, sure. and all that. So the sound, I, just the sound besides design the fact is that the whole probably the best I've ever fucking heard, like, like it's great. Besides that, the whole depth charge sequence is like ripped directly out of DOS folk. Yeah, because well, why not? Not quite. There's not as much suspense, and their their eardrums sure, and would they have give been... up on it almost inter- uh, entirely. <laughs> their eardrums they go would have been down punctured immediately, yeah. and it's. Not, I mean, maybe their ears reinforced with naturally occurring carbon fiber. In the first, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right about the carbon fiber. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just, he tries to bite off so much with this movie that it just, it's, it, I mean, to borrow a line from Family Guy, which I love, is that when Peter finally says, like, oh, I finally got around to watching The Godfather. I never watched The Godfather before. And Lois and everybody else is like, oh, yeah, what'd you think? They're so excited. And he's like, didn't like it. Not a fan. It insists upon itself. That's what this movie is. Is it insists upon itself? It insists that it's this fucking like brilliant movie that it wants all this weight and this gravitas that it thinks that it's developing because of its supposed cultural impact. When really all it is is just an easy protein for everybody to swallow because we're all sucking at dick that can be like easily <laughs> swallowed. That's what this movie is. It's like, oh, okay, that's a small it's, load that I can take in the back I mean, of my throat, no problem. Basically, the roller coaster ride that you can go on once and it's exciting, and then yeah. you know maybe yeah. less exciting each time thereafter. Until I mean, okay, there. so the amount of times that you've rewatched and the then first you go one, go back into the hole that you came out of. <laughs> The amount of times you've rewatched the first one. Do you think that you'll rewatch this one as many times? Uh, un- doubtful. I'm, I'm doubtful about that. I think I went and saw the original like three times in theaters. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to. I don't know. It depends on how bored I am. <laughs> 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 no, I don't think I'm going to go back to watching in theaters for some reason. But, You'll probably surf through Netflix when it finally gets to Netflix and be like, oh, I haven't seen that movie in five years. And you'll click on it and you'll watch me. like half of it and then you'll give up and you'll be like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's yeah, it was, it was a big disappointment. I, let me ask you a weird question. Throughout this whole movie, <laughs> yeah, let me let me ask you a weird question about just logistics for a second. So, the whales, right? We see all these whales, right? And some of the whales have a shitload of tattoos all over them. Mm-hmm. How? How? The Who did it? When did they do it? Uh, Why did the they do it? Come, the whales come into the like harbor area for their and the whales wanted this to happen. Like yeah, I'm confused. Uh, whales, whales are like, yeah, give me a sweet ass tat. Give me a tribal right here, yeah. and you a tribal. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Never mind that James Cameron <laughs> just went down to New Zealand. And he's like, oh hey, the Kiwi people have this really cool tattoo culture. I want to slap that on my entire fucking movie somehow. <laughs> And so he just ham fists this thing in here, and I'm like, "Why, dude? Well, like, I mean, how did the, the whales Kiwis get tattooed?" Aren't the only people with tattoos? No, no, no. I know it's it's baby. this Polynesian, it's this Polynesian and Micronesian tattoo culture, which is all around the the fire or the rim of fire. I think that's what they call it, right? The the rim, the ring of fire, the rim of fire. Sure. The the entire Malaysian coast, right? Like all that Micronesia, Polynesia coast. Every single one of those people including Filipinos and Guamanians, which is where I get my affinity for it f- comes from. They all have that. But like to, for him to just take that and be like, Oh, let's throw it on whales. Why? Yeah, cool. Why is it on the whales? Why? Why? Well, like it's, uh, it's showing you that there's just, there's more than, Oh yeah, let's go out and talk to them. They're like, you got to imagine them hanging out like all day when the whales are in the harbor just hanging out. And they're like, you know what? I saw your tat that you got while I was gone. <laughs> can you do that for me? And they're like, yeah, all right. Can we, yeah. can we yeah. talk about how incredibly stupid <laughs> the scene is that the kids get in this big fist fight, right? They beat uh, each other up a la uh, Stand By Me, right? They beat each other up a la Stand By Me. And then they decide that, or one of the Jake Sully's kids decides that he's going to go out with these kids that he just beat up to go (laughs) fishing. And somehow he trusts these people. Why? Because they just beat the shit out of him and he just beat the shit out of them? Well, he, he apologizes and... They apologize back. Sure, because so that off. fixes everything. Yeah, why not? Cool. Fuck you. Can we can we talk for a second? <laughs> how the word the 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 endearment term of "cuz" hasn't been used since the nineties, and James Cameron feels like he needs to do a backlog of thirty years <laughs> of the usage of the word "cuz," even though nobody in this fucking society has used "cuz" in the first movie. He thinks yeah. it's going to be a good thing to try to do that. This movie, dude, seriously, I want to try to do that Avatar drinking <laughs> game that we did with every time somebody uses a nickname that we need to drink every time somebody uses uh, a nickname. It's good. It's good. Because this movie at three hours and 12 minutes, I would be dead from alcohol poisoning. Yeah, like just 12 or 30 minutes longer than the first <laughs> one. 30 minutes. How? For what? Yeah. It's, I, I, oh, my God. So. <laughs> I, I, this I, movie... I, I, I'll talk about one thing I did like, uh, aside from, uh, you know, the sound things design. and, uh, that is the, the main, uh, the water guy and, uh, Ooh, Cliff Curtis. Yeah. Cliff Curtis. Like when Jake and his family come there 
and they're begging to, you know, stay. And of course, Cliff Curtis's wife is all all against it. I guess Kate Winslet. Right. But there's, I mean, the you know, you don't really learn much about him except that he's the chief. But they have a few moments of where he's given her like the puppy die eye, like the right. puppy eyes. You know, like come on, let me keep them. And she's like, fine, fuck. I just, I like that moment. It was a good, it, it t- tells you a lot about their relationship. Like, you can shit on Cameron's writing and his story points. Right. But sometimes he can be really good with very sparse, like, character moments that tell you a lot about him and all you need to know about the relationship right there. I got one. two points. I got two <laughs> points to make toward that, okay? All right, all right. Number one. Let's talk about how all this death of indigenous people and all this death of all these people and all these animals and the destruction of the world over these two movies and the 600 or 700 million dollars that James Cameron has spent getting there over these two movies has been because of one man refusing to believe that he is the source of the problem and giving himself (laughs) over and allowing thousands of people to die and generations of people to be fucking suffered because his one fucking white person ass is too proud in order to believe that he is a problem and he needs to stop being in that fucking civilization. Let's talk about that. Number one, number one, (laughs) if he took himself out of the equation and completely, everybody would be safe. Period. Period. Nobody would give a shit about Jake Sully's kids. As long as Jake Sully was dead. That's all the main yeah. antagonist wants is Jake right. Sully to be dead. Right. But they're willing to give up hundreds of their own people <laughs> and burn God knows how much shit just to protect this one white man. That's number one. Number two, it's let's talk about white, white anymore, game. Let's He's... talk about white exceptionalism, okay? <laughs> white exceptionalism in this movie. Uh-huh. Jake Sully, the one time that he fails in this movie is when he goes to ride the fucking alligator looking thing, the pleosaur, the alligator pleosaur, the right. first time. He falls off of him. But uh-huh. throughout the rest of the movie, no matter what Jake Sully is fucking encountering, he bests that shit like nobody's business. Boom, motherfucker. I know how to do that. Even though I never came into contact <laughs> with this ever before in my life, all of a sudden Jake Sully knows how to do that. White exceptionalism. Well, I mean, they skip over his training montage. Why? They spent three hours and with the rest of them. The whole, the whole thing is he's not a good linguist. He's not a scientist. But he can ride the monsters of Pandora. That's his exceptional quality. He's Turok on Gog or whatever his name is. I mean, and he just happens to transport himself to the head of both societies almost overnight. <laughs> immediately, they disrespect him. Well, he once again the whole like pterodactyl riding exceptionalism. What <laughs> the whole pterodactyl thing was established. As a sacred thing, mythical status, he did sure. it. So they kind of have to give him that. All of a sudden, he can that. hold his breath for forever and fucking ride around on the dolphin bullshit. It's it's implied because you follow the kids throughout a lot of this that he had to learn and he had his his learning moments, and they give him one of those where he has to learn to ride the water snake dragon thing. <laughs> But it's implied that he has to struggle along with the rest of them to figure out how to hold his breath and shit. 
So let's talk for a second about the Deus Ex Machina. And he also he creature. can't hold his breath as long as his kids, or as long as the the, the water people. Let's talk about where that let's happens. Let's talk about the Deus Ex Machina of the fucking starfish wings or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> right? The jellyfish wings. Yeah, the jellyfish angel I mean, wings that'll magically Cameron... allow you to fucking <laughs> breathe underwater, even Cameron though there's schools of these scuba, things. He wanted the scuba even though, diving, even scene. though there's fucking schools of this shit floating around. All of a sudden, they can't figure out where they are, except for Grace's character slash Natiri uh, or Nala or whatever the fuck her name is. It's Nala for all <laughs> intents and purposes. She is Nala from The Lion King. That is who she is. So let's just <laughs> talk about that plot device that it's okay for that to just come along and like, oh, okay. And you know, better yet, let's talk about how the entire third act of this movie turns into Titanic again with a sinking <laughs> ship. That's... Why? Why the oh, fuck my God. did yep. this happen, dude? When, the, when they brought the ship in, of course, I'd seen the like trailer or whatever. So I'm like, oh, fuck. There's going to be the sinking ship drama and running around and 10 million gallon water tanks. And it's his greatest hit. Freezing hits. to death. Yeah. <laughs> his like, greatest hit. Damn it, Cameron. You got you to gotta pull that out of your sleeve, don't you, you son of a bitch? He's lazy, dude. Yeah, to have was... his movie degenerate into Titanic. I mean, too. Those, those scenes, if you didn't have the context of watching titanic and knowing what cameron is doing and if you he's one the of the context, few people in the world that can put saying. together a production you, like that and make it work god you know those scenes are good they're exciting but knowing that he's just rehashing the same shit that himself he's already yeah. yeah it's like god damn it and cameron, that the scenes in titanic were better than these scenes like it, yeah no i mean if you're if you're if you could overlook it and be invested in the the family characters then you know there's you've got that you've got the emotional backing to make those good scenes but sure since we're cynical bastards and have seen the tricks yeah. come out of his sleeve a little bit then it just doesn't work on us you know what i felt like what i felt like watching this movie by those scenes <laughs> you know what i really felt like when i was watching this movie is i felt like stan from that episode of south park that he wakes up and he realizes that everything is shit and everything sounds like shit and everything that he likes tastes like <laughs> shit and looks like shit that's what i felt like watching this movie i was like this is fucking bullshit it's just a reheated turd a fucking stupidity and I just kept thinking to myself, and that's where I had those moments where I told you I forced myself to just let myself to stop thinking about it, and it only lasted about yeah, three minutes every time. Where I was like, I can't, I can't. A lot of the I time, I can I can sit back and enjoy a movie, but it was just it was pissing me off too much to like <laughs> to be able to do that most of the time. Yeah. So let but, me let uh, me ask you this: is this is this the first time that James Cameron truly lost you? Where you're like, yeah, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. So he had you up until now, and this is this is the I, moment I, that he lost I think you. I've enjoyed all of his real movies that he's put out. See, Titanic, Titanic lost me. No, Titanic I, lost me. I think but Titanic, Titanic only lost me because of the third act. <laughs> the third act of Titanic lost me. Because it just turned into this disaster slash slasher flick well, with like flickering lights and shit. And I was just like, fuck it, this. This is it is kind of a disaster movie. It's about the I get Titanic. It. I get it. Yes. I get it. 
But I'm like, <laughs> you have this like real human drama. Shut the fuck up. That's the that's you have this the real human part. drama. He spends first two hours, two hours up the human drama, and then he puts the characters app. in the peril, and then it's exciting. Get the exciting. fuck out of here. Get the fuck. <laughs> That's what's great about it. it. He didn't just skip to the fucking ship sinking. He put all the characters through the love needed, story and all the he conflict. He needed two hours of foreplay before he got yeah. to the money shot, is what you're saying. Well, that's what makes it a good money shot. I mean, if you just right, hang on. fast forward to the money shot, it, it just doesn't have the same impact. All right, look. Here, here's Titanic right here in my little that. collection, okay? You got it. Titanic. Uh, what is this? This is 194 minutes, okay? Three hours and fourteen minutes. I don't think oh. any any of that movie. There's no fat to cut out of that movie. It's tight. What are you dude. talking about? It's there's tight. no fat. There, all of Billy Zane's, all of Billy Zane's scenes could go. Tell Billy me you Zane. give a shit about which, Billy Zane. Which one's Billy Zane? His the fucking friend. boyfriend. No, the boyfriend who Kate Winslet is engaged to is a fucking dickhead well, throughout the entire he's movie. He's the villain, ass. What the fuck? How the so? For the How conflict. so? Because he's a fucking dick to both of them? The whole time you're just thinking, he's why is he betrothed Kate to Kate Winslet? He's because he's be rich? Yeah. Fuck him up the ass, it's man. Like she's Fuck Billy practically Zane. in an arranged marriage, and she has to learn, and, you know, she would have been in a pampered life, and she would have been, I guess... You know, kind of content or at and least said safe. She falls in love to have a fucking nut in love, shot into her by a poor and she, Irish kid. She learns to live her life for herself. But Billy Zane is there. That, by the way, <laughs> unprotected sex in the back of that fucking car, yeah, and she doesn't no, have a kid. No, it just wasn't the right period, I guess. So oh what are you gonna... <laughs> but, no, he. You need Billy Zane. He's a good villain, man. He's like. Everything he does from his point of view is rational up until when the shit hits the fan and he's like, well, I can get away with murder. I might as well kill this fucking guy. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got an ego. You know, he can't let sure. some street rat beat him, so he's going to kill him. All right. So no, there's no fat in that movie, and there's no fat in Avatar Dude, either. Watch it. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? No, the fucking it's fucking tight. It's, Dude, God damn you. That's... Yeah, that's all about Jake. All right, and so all right, hang making on, hang him on, hang into on. the hero of the movie. <laughs> let's talk about and for letting a you learn about, about the Navi. It's, let's it's talk all about there for a reason. The, every every fucking setup in that movie has a payoff. Every payoff has a setup. It's all there for a reason. There's not a single fucking frame that's wasted in that movie. I'm just gonna say. We that. talk first. I'm I'm gonna stop you for a second because I want to talk. <laughs> About, I want to talk about Newt 2.0, all right? Uh -huh. The fucking kid Spider. Oh, yeah. Oh, talk about wait, Spider. Oh, yeah. Number okay, one, yeah. he is a horrible actor. Oh, Number God, one, I didn't make that connected connection awful. that he is Newt. He's Newt. He's again. a little feral kid shit, man. Yeah. yeah. You're right. And let's have the <laughs> recycle talk. bin. Hold that <laughs> shit out of the recycle bin. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> let's, let's talk about how not only is it 26 years later that he tries to, or no, 36 years later that he tries to whip that shit out, but also let's talk about how. He is a horrible ripoff of the feral kid in the Road Warrior, all right? So the fact yeah. that he tries to whip this shit out and just pretend well, like nobody's going to notice when this I kid is so goddamn terrible. Point, the job. feral kid is an archetype. I mean, it's in a lot of stories. So you're just going to have to deal with that, Gabe. 
Like what? What else is he in? <laughs> well, he's in Aliens and... Road Warrior! <laughs> Road Warrior. Now, there's a couple other movies. I, I can't name them right now, but we'll look it up. Wow, it's such an archetype that it's in two movies and some other movie you can't fucking name. Such an archetype. I The kid, <laughs> the kid who plays Newt 2.0 is so fucking bad that... Every time that he looks at somebody and goes, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that was the best take that James Cameron got was these moments. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? He's so bad. I hated him so much. Jungle like, Book. Fuck you. What? Because he's Mowgli? Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Get the fuck Princess out of here. Princess Mononoke. What'd you Google? Uh, feral child? That's what you yeah, Googled? Feral childed movies. I'm just pulling shit up. <laughs> you got Wolverine. Well, no. Well, wait. Is Logan? Does he? Is there a feral child in Logan? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kid in Logan. Yeah. Uh, Robin the... Hood. Robin Hood. There's a feral kid in that. Yeah, sure. So it, it's okay, a thing. Okay, so... That, that fucking researcher in this movie that looks at the kid and he's like, oh, he's gone completely feral when he's in that captivity and he's like being observed in the observation room. Like, no, he hasn't. He can speak English. He can move <laughs> around. He can speak Navi. He can speak two languages and move around and not just do a bunch of guttural grunts. That's not being completely feral. I don't understand. Like, this guy's supposed to be a researcher that doesn't even understand I mean, the fucking definition of feral. Well, from... To make the the humans, you know, cannon fodder essentially, they have to think of the Navi as not worth human. You know, they're not they're subhuman to them, or they're just animals to be able to just sure. massacre them and still, you know, be real people. So yeah, they're just saying he's feral because he's. This is like ten years the, the of George lifestyle. W. Bush's rhetoric. <laughs> From the first movie of reinforcing that these people aren't worth taking care of, and you're telling me that they still need people to reinforce that rhetoric? Oh, yeah, like, Researchers yeah, like... in the fucking left, <laughs> get the fuck out of here! I, dude, I that was one of those characters that he added to this movie that not only is awful, <laughs> but is so poorly acted and so poorly written that like that character on its own kills this movie, kills it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he does not add anything. If you cut him out completely, he he? does not add anything to the movie. Cut him out completely and see what he saved. Does he give anything to this movie? But No. Well, having, I mean, I'm sure James Cameron listens to a lot of podcasts and, you know, video critique essays on his storytelling. But, you know, (laughs) the the Colonel was pretty one-dimensional. And didn't have any inner conflict in the previous movie, right? So that was their their way of adding some drama. So every so like just, practically every character has some conflict with another character in in these movies. Like, let's talk about that drama that. for a second, okay? Because I really want to dig into that for one second, He's, okay? So he just throughout uses this movie, these very 
simple relationships between all of his characters to just right. have built-in drama and writes itself so, practically you know let, let's let's talk about that for one second because with the with the characters that he is giving us with the feral child right the feral child is afraid of uh fucking natiri right because he sees like the replay on his dad's screen where his dad yeah. pulls up this <laughs> and he's like oh my god oh my god his dad got murdered by natiri and uh will probably and then kill for, him at some point yeah <laughs> and then for a while throughout the movie he's like sort of okay with her especially when he starts sympathizing toward the plight of the fucking uh, navi people after they burn down the villages and they do the whole platoon like second act bullshit because right, right. he ripped off that movie too. <laughs> but besides the fact, and so he does that, and then, and then, and then so, and then in the third act, all of a sudden he gets scared into Tiri again when the Tiri is fucking blood crazed because her son died, and she's trying to go after the colonel, and all of a sudden he starts sympathizing with the colonel again. All of a sudden, mm. what the fuck is happening in this movie, dude? They're like seriously. She wasn't going to kill him. He's back and forth. No, he doesn't say she was going to kill him. He isn't worried about him dying by Natiri's hand until after she grabs him by the throat at the end and they got the two knives against each other, which that Mexican standoff with the knives is the stupidest <laughs> scene in this love, whole fucking movie. I got to I gotta say how funny it was how the colonel, they've got a bead on Jake with their rifles that I'm sure could hit something at a thousand yards. 100%. Yeah, by this, 100%. By this point with the technology and everything. So they're like looking at Jake Scully through these. That'd be like a mag rail like, system, <laughs> like eraser. They just blast through shit. Yeah, but anyways, so he, the colonel manages to capture a couple of his kids, but then they sure. escape, and half of his ship gets blown up. But then he goes back, recaptures a couple more, and does the whole standoff hostage thing again when he could just again, yeah. easily shot jake in the head from a few hundred yards away i know and why did he tell the guy not to shoot jake like i didn't understand uh, that so he could have a mono a mono like knife fight this I is mean, literally well, yeah, dick measuring like jake has one knife that's a certain size and he's got another knife another I size you and could, go at it you could pointed out to a character flaw in the colonel that he wants to kill jake personally up close yeah, it's, wants it's to hubris have his blood it's hubris knife, it's but... the fucking shakespearean hubris <laughs> thing all over again but the fact that he tried it once with threatening the kids and then he does it again after half his shit is blown and up. then he says i i wouldn't hesitate to kill another child of yours and he didn't and kill the first he, and one he, yeah, and then he, he doesn't do it i'm like Come on, bro. But on top of the fact that, like, it ends up with them, like, knife fighting, like a Steven Seagal movie where Steven Seagal's like, <laughs> with the knife. Like, the knife fight or knife fights in this movie are better than the Steven Seagal movie. I'm just going to. Okay, fine. Uh, give it that. But yeah, it's pretty. Okay. But how long the way, before there's something Steven else Seagal I noticed. is cast in James Cameron's new movie? For the most part, all of the blocking and the. The geography of the action scenes is really well done, but there's the Jake Sully charge with all of the water people Navi, sure. and then they're just gone. They never show up. His son dies, and they're gone. All I'm the like, water people disappear. I know. I, I, Not to mention that they're maybe coming I across there was like hundreds of yards thing. of water, and like nothing happened. <laughs> Hundreds of yards of water, yeah. and they got mowed down. But all the the water people are ready to kill everything. But then, at some point, they just disappear. And I was like, I 
couldn't figure out what happened. I Where the fuck I did the rest of them go? <laughs> I, I did no, you didn't miss it. Okay, they all just right, disappear right, so. like nothing. They the, the, a bunch of fucking. You see a bunch of the uh, the Marines get killed. You see a bunch of them right, get right. killed. But like hardly any natives get killed, and it's like, where the fuck did all those other natives go? Like, where are the animals? Like, why isn't there this moment of like, uh, I'm trying to think of what movie it was when they call in all the animals at the end in order to help support the cause of whatever the hero is? It's some fucking Disney movie. I don't remember what it is, but all the animals like unite behind the Ventura Two Pet Detective. I mean, Ace Ventura (laughs) Two, yes. They do do that in Ace Ventura too. It's not the movie I was thinking of, but yes, you are correct. What the fuck? Like, where was that, man? Where was, where was the Ace Ventura two moment? Where all the animals unite? I mean, you got that one whale that uh, that the Jake's wh- I like the whale son a lot. has been playing with the fucking blowhole the whale, of or whatever. The whale gets developed and it has a, a personality. Of course, it's this weird Moby Dick yeah. thing going on, but yeah, I mean, especially since the whale is like mostly white, which is something that like they don't at all even like. It's not even subtle, dude. Like Moby Dick <laughs> is like such a fucking like. Does James Cameron really think? By the that way, they they do. Clever? There's some resident sperm whales that live off of the coast of Kaikoura. You remember Kaikoura? Yeah, right. yeah, I know Kaikoura, yeah. But you can go swimming with Excellent them, crawfish and... out there, bro. Oh, yeah, those, are, those lobsters were delicious. But uh, Crawfish, not lobsters. You can go swimming with these sperm whales, and I'm like, I don't know, man. That <laughs> Those things can fuck I mean, you up real good. Well, I yeah, just... <laughs> I mean, but a fucking whale shark could fuck you up pretty good, but a whale shark is like a peaceful animal, yeah, you know? Yeah, well... What was sperm whales dive into the abyss in movie, and hunt giant squid. I mean, do you really what was with swim the with Sea that? World sequence in this movie? What was with the which, Sea World which, which training sequence with his son, where his son is like jumping off the back of the whale and doing backflips into the fucking yeah. water? <laughs> what was happening well, with that? That's that's giving what you was the, that? the idea of you know what. Each person in the water culture, their relationship to their special spirit whale is. Because he's know, been playing with the blowhole of that yeah, animal. Yeah, playing with the blowhole, jump out oh of the water. go. What? I mean, that would be kind of fun to, you know, hang out with the whale like that where you could talk to it and have it throw you 70 feet in the air with its flipper. And <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. Come on. Sure. But it's a fucking what is the point? What is the point of this whole sequence? It's, it's you some cut character out... development stuff, you know. Of there, what? It's, of it's the kid a friendship. Who just it's dies? A friendship Fuck game. the kid. Fuck the, well, the kid. kid that kid doesn't die. The That's older the other kid brother, does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's which he's by the, the kid way, who's always getting into trouble. Interchanged... They're completely interchangeable Not throughout interchangeable. this movie. Because the older brother you can't is, recognize the, faces. I can't tell the difference, the... dude. It's like it's like the fucking turkeys they, in Rick and Morty. Like the turkey blindness is real, bro. I can't they, see it. I just they can't. they have distinct personalities and which is their body one, like... one is a fuck up and the other one's a daredevil. Great personality. Yeah, essentially, they have different voices, different body language. I there's 
I could distinguish them every time they were on screen together. I could not. I could not tell the difference between the two of them. Maybe that makes me a Navi racist. <laughs> yeah, but they I had could different not... eye shapes and different. You know, the faces they? were different. Yes, yes. Go. Why were the sea people so much lighter blue than the other people? Like I didn't understand that. I don't know. I mean, so like, I guess they have paler skin for camouflage or something oh my god <laughs> so, i mean people that live in different parts of the earth have different skin tones sure it's okay to but have they different... never i i get it i get it i get it i'm not i'm not trying to like fucking draw i don't know that. what the evolutionary process behind them having lighter skin tone than the forest people is I and why would dude why i was half expecting this to turn into the little mermaid where like the bitch that one of Jake Sully's kids like falls in love with well, happens yeah. to have like a cathedral full of shit that she's collected, and like she sings a song about <laughs> all of her all favorite things. That... You know, yes. they could have left that for the third movie. She didn't get a lot of screen oh development. God, <laughs> and there's there's gonna be you know we're gonna have the love story between those two the the young whale kid and the yes the Lion King the all girl. over again. You with know, the we gotta t- have yeah, that, right, and then right. we got. We got the romance coming between which the is Romeo and Juliet. And Thank God Sydney for that. Weaver. Yeah, That's, great. Thanks. Appreciate imagine that. Imagine shooting those scenes. That is Sydney fucking weird. Like Holy shit! That is weird. Kid, like all. I mean, maybe he's into like the Golden yeah. Lion thing that he wants to bang that shit. I don't know. Whatever. Don't, don't kink legal. shame Paul. It's maybe fine. It's, it's legal. Thing. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> Leave it alone. Let's talk, let's talk for a second where you think the third. <laughs> let's talk about the third movie where you think the third movie is going to go. Okay, I think he's going to okay. shoot to the mountain people, right? They're going to live in the mountains or whatever. It's going to be like, like Himalayan slash Nepal movie, and like it's going to turn into Seven uh, Years in Tibet. I think that's it's what I think the third movie is going to be: a Seven Years in it's, Tibet. It's got to have an actual plot. He get he did all the world building. He's in the water where he wants to be with the submarines and shit. So he spent fucking think... almost six hours building the world. <laughs> yeah. So I think I don't think there's going to be another training sequence. I think there's going to be a skiing training well, sequence okay. in part three. Skiing, you know, there, bro, I'm you know, there's plenty of other places on Pandora to explore, and I guess yeah, they could just I mean... repeat and go to the next next Disneyland area attraction yep i'm telling you it's a fucking ski resort (laughs) i'm telling you it's the matterhorn but with blue people Hmm. i'm 100 telling you that's the third movie cameron into maybe volcano people volcano people i was thinking about that but it would have to be like rock monsters and it's like volcanoes aren't aren't conducive to flittery floaty animals they usually burn and die so yeah i don't know but he did underwater he's got forest people yep i'm telling you it's mountain people people. the next one is mountain people and he's gonna do sky captain in the world of tomorrow for part four i'm telling you (laughs) i I don't know i think he's gonna be forced to have a different plot that actually in part three wraps up some of these conflicts that he set up i mean nothing actually happened nothing is resolved which is but at least he doesn't have to bring any characters back from the dead at this point one of the things i really appreciated about one of the reviews i read this week was it was like it was talking about sam worthington it was like sam worthington 
is now on the 23rd year of him trying to find his personality as a fucking actor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like he is such an interchangeable fucking white hero that he could literally be played by anybody. And he doesn't bring any personality to the character of Jake Sully at all. Anybody could play him. He doesn't bring anything to the character. That's like only Sam Worthington could play that character. Uh... And like, cause you could put Christian Bale in that role. You could throw Arnold Schwarzenegger in that role. You could throw a fucking literally Leo in that role. Literally anybody could play that character. It doesn't have to be Sam Worthington, no. but his career is now 23 years deep <laughs> and he has still not found his mark as an actor. That's some sad shit. Maybe you're a talentless fuck that maybe you should stop acting, Sam, and go back to working at Home Depot like you're fucking supposed to be in fucking Alabama. All right. Like you are a talentless hack, you piece of shit. You haven't given anything in the world in 23 years. You've never given anything to the world of film. Seriously, anything that he's done, has he given anything to the world of film that you're like, you know what? Sam Worthington is like Humphrey Bogart. He'll be remembered. He's like Jack Nicholson. He'll be remembered. He's like, even if he's like fucking Jim Carrey or Jeff Daniels, would he be remembered? No, because Sam Worthington (laughs) is a useless piece of shit actor. who's just an interchangeable uh, billboard for like, oh, okay, he's just a white protagonist that we can attach whatever we need to to him. He's fucking white bread, dude. That's what Sam Worthington is. Uh, he's yeah, just a basic fucking character, basic actor. I mean, he that's, gives nothing. That is kind of the point of his whole character in this in this movie. You know? Him as an actor, though, I'm not saying yeah, just his character. Him as an actor, it's been 23 years of him trying to act at this point. And he has nothing to offer society. Nothing. He has nothing to be remembered by. <laughs> I think that's overly harsh, but I, I'll, I'll, I can't really argue that much against Why? Him. Because all he has <laughs> is Jake Sully because he was in two of the biggest movies ever made? Yeah. I mean, there's, Terminator there's Salvation. That. <laughs> Terminator Salvation is Marcus. Do you remember anything about him? No, I do not. At all? I do not. Oh, look at that. Big franchise yeah. movie. Didn't make anything of it. Great. Thank you, I mean, Sam. there wasn't a lot in that movie that I remember, so. Yeah. I mean, it's a piece but... of shit movie, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. But has he contributed zero to society? I would argue. Has he contributed he anything to the film populace? I mean, he does have Avatar, which is, you know, one of the biggest movies of all time. And you're going to remember he Jake has, Sully. He has why. actual on-screen time as himself, not Blue Blue Man. In the first movie. In the first movie, yeah. yeah. And? So, I mean, he <laughs> had to act to make that work. Yeah, it's sure. uh, nothing special. It's utilitarian, but yeah, you know, you can't just shit on the man for. I can shit on the man all I want, dude. <laughs> like he hasn't given anything to the film world. He fucking sucks as an actor. Like Zoe Saldana. Like as much as I like Zoe, she's the same thing, dude. Like she hasn't given anything that I give a fuck about. Like oh, she's Gamora and fucking you know like uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. So what? She's dead. Fuck her. Like, I seriously, like, she doesn't have a point anymore. Like, she is another useless actress who has nothing to contribute to society. Like, for a moment, she felt like she's going to do something without of the furnace. But you know what? 
Never mind. Oh, she's dead. You, Never could mind. Could you say that about Andy Circus? Andy Circus has Gollum. Right. Don't give a fuck if he ever does anything Andy else. Circus, it's CG. Don't give a fuck if he does anything else in his fucking career. He has Gollum. <laughs> he did it. I'll always associate him with that. He's a great character. Gollum is fucking yeah, such yeah. a great I character. Mean, you feel Gollum's for him by the amazing. end of the movies. You love the guy, even though he's a piece of shit and he's like <laughs> fucked up and he's crazy. So on top of that, you have him playing Caesar in the fucking Planet of the Apes. But he's, he's just a monkey. Can't even tell it's Andy Serkis. Yeah. And what? What does it matter? <laughs> he has these two iconic characters that you always remember him for. Is Jake Sully iconic? Are you going to remember him? He was a blue yeah, Kevin. I, I do. I do it's remember. It's a blue Costner. Who gives a shit? Seriously. <laughs> Let's talk about how like Norm is like relegated you, to. Let one. me ask you this: If he was played by a generic black actor, would you be saying the same thing? Yeah, he's generic. Why? He's generic. <laughs> he doesn't offer anything to fucking society. So if a black actor played Jake Sully and only did what fucking Sam Worthington did over the course of his career, I would still say the same thing about him. Because it's like you know what? You didn't offer anything to society, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, you, you fucked up. All right, look. I, I hate to shit on him because I like him as an actor, but Lorenz Tate is exactly that character you're talking about. He's a black actor that for five seconds you thought maybe he would do something. But for his entire career, he's done nothing that's memorable. Lorenz Tate isn't a bunch of shit. It's like, oh, okay, Lorenz Tate. No. Google him because you know who I'm talking about. You'll look up Lorenz Tate and you'll be like, oh, okay. But then you're going to be like, oh, wait, yeah, I don't really remember him in anything because he doesn't offer anything to society in terms of his fucking personality, his stardom, nothing. He's just an actor. He's just a guy that happens uh, to be uh, in the Yeah. Can you tell me, is he not the black Sam Worthington? Because he's exactly the same thing. He doesn't offer anything to society. I remember, remember from Dead Presidents. He had a good... Is that a this character you remember? Is him in Dead Presidents? I mean, it's been like twenty years since I've seen that movie, and I do recall sure. him being the kind of sympathetic. But you remember, but you remember Terrence Howard as cowboy in that movie more than you do Lorenz Tate. Yeah, all right. Well, see, yeah, that's Howard my point. Is... Like, but that movie wouldn't happen without him. Maybe I don't know. It could have been. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson could have been replaced by the other, the black guy that plays the bartender, Paul, in, you know, Pulp Fiction. You know, it would have been a Are different you movie. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. You're saying that the <laughs> guy who plays that... Paul in Pulp Fiction could have played Sam Jackson's character he... in Pulp Fiction? There's a whole story about him doing a reading of the, the diner scene, even though... Uh, you know, Tarantino had written the part for Sam Jackson and, you know, Tarantino thought it was great, but he was like, eh, I'm just going to go with Sam Jackson instead. So he got, that's why he's in the movie because he did that and really blew Tarantino away. Tarantino just kind of like, oh, here's this tiny character for you because I like you a lot, but sorry, Sam Jackson. Sure, maybe I'll use him in you something know. else. But So it could have, it's casting game. I mean, you know, movies, 
take on the character of the actor playing them, but I just I just want to bring up I just want to bring up you were trying you were trying to justify the fact that Sam Worthington <laughs> sucks as an actor by comparing him to the guy I don't that think plays he sucks. Paul He's I'm Pulp saying Fiction. you fucking I think serious, Sam Worthington dude? doesn't have anything to stand out but he's serviceable as an actor. You know, he's not going to do he's not going to do anything, but he works fine in Avatar. He's he's and good in Avatar else. too. I mean, if he had and nothing if, else. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, I don't know why no one else can. Useless him. piece of shit actor. He's a useless piece of shit actor. <laughs> he really is. Like, if you were actually good, somebody would actually start casting you and shit. But the fact of the matter is that with Sam Worthington, you can remember Terminator. You can remember Avatar. You can remember maybe The Debt and maybe Man on Ledge. I challenge you. I seriously challenge you to remember (laughs) anything else that he's been in. Because he's been around for 23 years. Anything. Anything. But that doesn't make him a bad actor. He is a bad actor! He has no personality. He is an interchangeable white bread guy that you can just paste on whatever you want onto his character. Like he is nothing. He is literally nothing. He is fucking <laughs> bullshit. I'm I'm serious. I don't mean to shit on Sam Worthington so much, oh, but you just shit on him for like ten minute diatribe here about how he's a worthless human being and he should be gassed. <laughs> I didn't say he's a worthless. I, I didn't say that. I did not say that. I said he is a worthless he actor. I did not say society. that. He, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i stand coming by out it, right real there. strong man <laughs> i i stand by it all right i stand by it sam worthington is useless he doesn't need to be an actor he could be selling fucking boards at home depot and i would be more okay with his contribution to society than him being an actor right like that's how much yeah, yeah, i, I think he can that help he build some houses and stuff yeah you know, so. i mean he'd do more for society building houses than he yeah. would be being jake selling that Fuck toilet snake so i could oh my so I could god clean out that load i left in the toilet from the yeah. so let's uh Let's just recap real quick. Is there anything else in this movie that really pissed you off that you really want to chat about? Because like, yeah, the score is fucking pointless. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I complain about the score in the original Avatar, but it still had a lot of harp in this movie. It had some iconic moments that I remember. You know, a few yeah, that. There's the like yeah, kind of thanks Navi for the enemy at the gates. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but even then, it it had moments that you're like, all right, that's original yeah. sound and it sticks with you. I don't remember shit from this score. Like, what'd you think of the uh, what'd you think of the end song of the credits with the weekend? I walked out. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. You didn't sit there and listen to the credits. I got, I got a few minutes in. I'm like, yeah, this is generic, generic. Give me the the best original song Oscar bullshit, you know. Like, Why does James Cameron always feel like he needs to build his movies around the best original song? Well, they Titanic. didn't even play the original song for the fucking movie. I mean, it comes in after. What the fuck? I Why don't even not? think they used the music, like the score from the song in the movie. Nope. Nope, not once. I was like... Because James Cameron slipping motherfucker, on, they use yeah, you the hear melody. The penny whistle solo throughout the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that whole melody is in the movie, and it's right. 
it's the foundation James Cam- of James the Cameron emotional is slipping, core of many I'm of the scenes. You. James Cameron <laughs> is slipping, man. <laughs> I mean, I think they did an original song for Avatar as well. I don't yeah. remember Do you remember it? about that. But no. The Why? Score, because it sucked. <laughs> the score was ripping off like other things in a lot of yeah, places. Braveheart, but there was still Enemy at the gates. Yeah. There was still like a score that I remember. And this one, sure. I don't remember anything. And no, nope. just, I mean, it was there. It did a few, you know, things, one of, I suppose. one of the things that I really hated about the credits is that halfway through the credits before they introduce the cast, like they list the cast list. It says based on characters created by James Cameron. I'm like, oh, thanks, James. James You only directed this fucking movie. Come on, dude. He's worse than Zack Snyder. Like, cut it out, man. I know that it was based on characters you created. Did you see that on the the fucking second Lord of the Rings movie? Oh, based on characters created by J.R.R. Tolkien and written by Peter Jackson. No, you did not. Because you know what? Because Peter Jackson isn't a fucking hack that needs you to remind you that he fucking made this movie. Like James Cameron, he hasn't done a movie in 13 years, and his piece of shit movie, he reinforces, oh, you know what? I wrote Avatar. Remember that 13 years ago? Yeah, James, I remember it because you're directing the second one. You haven't done anything since then, you fucking hack. Seriously, like, this movie, dude, I got I got so angry through a majority of this movie. I had to, like, calm myself down. Because I was like, I kept, you know what I did is I went to, I I ordered like six or seven different things over the course of the movie. I got like some popcorn. I got some food. I got like some Red Bull in order to keep me awake. And then I got some fucking cookies. And I was just like, even this isn't doing it for me, man. I'm trying my You went to a theater where they like deliver food to you? Yeah. Deliver food to your seat. Yeah. It's excellent, man. You could get beer at this place too, but I didn't feel like drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning. I was like, I'm going to. I'm gonna drink yeah. for the podcast later, and I can't I drink that all day. Too, and I was just like, eh, I don't feel like drinking today. <laughs> I got a bunch of food, and even sitting there eating this good food, I didn't. It wasn't helping the movie experience. Yeah. It's like I'd rather be watching something else, eating this food, rather than sitting here watching this piece of shit James Cameron <laughs> movie. <laughs> I, I, dude, I cannot explain to you. I mean, the first movie, you know how much the first movie pissed me off. This movie pissed me off three <laughs> times as bad as the first movie. <laughs> Every single scene, I was yeah. laughing, getting upset, or cringing over and rolling my eyes. Like, yeah. I think that this is the beginning of the end for James Cameron, dude. I really do. I feel like well, we'll see I don't this... think he's ever gonna. I don't think he's ever gonna do anything worthwhile for the rest of his career. He's gonna do some other movies. You're gonna be like, oh yeah. He did this other movie that was sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe uh, Orson Welles eating his fat ass to death near the end of his life, like that sort of thing. You're going to be like, whatever, but you're not really going to remember his later movies. Like The Trouble About Harry. You remember The Trouble About Harry with fucking Alfred Hitchcock? No, you don't because you remember everything else. You remember Vertical. You remember The Birds. You remember Rear Window. But you don't remember The Trouble About Harry. Why? Because it sucked. You don't remember Family Plot because it sucked. You don't remember any of those movies because he fell at the end of his career. Every director does it. It's okay. You know, everybody looks at Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut wasn't as good as all Stanley Kubrick's other movies. In retrospect, it's still a good movie. It's not all. It's not one of his best. Every director slips near the end of their career. This is the end of James Cameron's <laughs> career, man. He's slipping, man. I'm telling you. 
Kurosawa had some good movies at the end of his career. Kurosawa's like, a fucking freak of nature, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, Ran was one of his best. Ran's you know? excellent. So is there yeah. Kira Kurosawa's Dreams, dude. Dreams yeah. is an excellent movie. Yeah. But Kurosawa, to point at Kurosawa, is unfair. Because John Ford <laughs> had a slip at the end of his career. Yeah. Like, literally every... Uh, Billy Wilder had <laughs> no, a fucking slip. I mean, Spielberg could still... Uh put something out Spielberg's there. not at the end of his career bro yeah. Spielberg's still got a lot of movies is, ahead of him is he fucking 80 now I mean no dude he's like 72 who gives a shit really oh. yeah I guess he's still got some in him he's still got a lot who of else him, is man? gonna age out I mean Ridley Scott I mean pretty Ridley much Scott's done. getting there yeah <laughs> he hasn't come out with a good movie in a while as far as I remember since the Martian oh, I did that's that seven, yeah, yeah. that's All only right. seven yeah. years though Martian Martian was great, but he had a, a great book and script to work with on that one. Yeah, so. I mean, The Counselor's a piece of shit, so there's that. So. <laughs> and the, I mean, the, the Last Duel, The Last Duel, like I said, is is good. It's not great. But, I mean, yeah. like, House of Gucci, House of Gucci fucking sucks. Like, fuck that movie. Like, he, he fucked up that movie. I mean, I don't think he fucked that movie up. I think Lady Gaga really fucked that movie up, and the script didn't do it any favors. Yeah. But, like, uh, no, I mean, Lady no. Gaga really fucked that movie Just up. Just based on the title, I don't give a fuck. So. Yeah. I mean, Adam Driver's good in it, but fucking, oh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, God damn it. So Why is it a movie about, like, Gucci bags or, or what? No, it's about how <laughs> the guy who started Gucci got shot and killed. It's like the uh, assassination of Gucci, essentially. Uh, is it's uh, this psychotic guy uh, that was connected with Gucci shot and killed All him? Right. Maybe I could watch that. Except yeah, Adam Driver's yeah. good in it, but uh, what's his name? Jared Leto. Jared Leto's hiding behind a fat suit and bad makeup. It fucking it sucks, <laughs> dude. It sucks. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, Ridley Scott did do $200 million movies in the same year. I mean, one of them was good and the other one sucked. So, I mean, I can't win them all. He did, he did $300 million movies between Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, and Gladiator in a one year period. God and two damn. of them are good. The other yeah, one's well, like only okay. So, it's like Spielberg's, you know, Saving Private Ryan. Amistad and, and, and Jurassic <laughs> and yeah. wait was that Jurassic World? No 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 he did he did Jurassic Park 2 and Saving Private Ryan in the same year and then Jurassic Park 1 and Schindler's List was in the same year. Uh, yeah. and Amistad. So he did yeah. and uh, yeah. no Amistad was 97. Oh. He did that like just he before that, he did like, the Lost World. Yeah. All right. No, 97. Yeah. He's busy. But, but yeah, yeah, he makes some good shit. He can. I mean, Spielberg's got a long career ahead of him. Yeah. James Cameron. I'm telling you, dude. <sighs> this is the swan song of James Cameron is this movie. I'm telling you. It's overly long. It's underdirected. I want some. With what? I, 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 Avatar T7? 3. T7? No, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar 3 is going to be like, okay, we need a real plot for this. Writers that are actually good come right, in look, and write something that's I, good. I will make you a bet right now because it's two <laughs> years. It's two years before the next Avatar movie yeah. comes out. I bet you a thousand dollars that Avatar two or Avatar three has a sixty one on Metacritic or less. I guarantee it. A thousand bucks. I don't really have that kind of money to throw around <laughs> on, on James Cameron bets based on. 
what he's right, already let's done. It, let's call it two two hundred bucks. How about two hundred bucks? Call two hundred bucks. You're specifically saying a sixty-three on Metacritic. A sixty-one <laughs> on Metacritic. 61 on Metacritic. or less. I don't think it'll At be what about period of time. I want initial the weekend, like after... the weekend of its release. So let's call it Saturday of its release, Saturday or Sunday of its release. <laughs> all right, the weekend all right. I'll, I'll buy it. 200 bucks will probably be 61 worth bread in two years. So. <laughs> 61 for 200 bucks. I'm telling you all right, all right. 61 on Metacritic. All I'm right. telling it's, you, dude, it's recorded. If we remember, right. he probably will. He probably will. I'll remember 61, <laughs> 61. I'm telling you. All right, so uh, looping back to the podcast for a second, Paul. What about next week? What what's uh, what's uh, bothering one, you? One more week? question: What do you think the box office on this movie is going to be? You know, dude, I I at three hours and twelve minutes, it's asking a lot. It really is. Like it's asking a lot because less show times, less theaters that it can go in, less show times, less movies it can or less times it can play. Even with the China box office that it's going to open in, like. I don't know, dude. Even with the 3D premium, I I'm telling you, it's yeah, probably going to gross more than nowadays. It's probably going to gross around the same as Titanic. I think it's going to be the third highest grossing movie of all time. I don't think it's going to be Titanic. I don't think it's going to beat the first one. I really don't. I think it's yeah, going to be the third highest know. grossing movie. Yeah, it's too long. It's underdeveloped. People aren't going to go see it again. Like I, I think that people aren't going to go see it multiple times, like they did with Titanic or they did with Avatar. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't know, but, but, it's Curveball. It's a family film. How? Because it's rated PG thirteen. Because it's got, it's got, dude, it's got a family. Are you going to take your kid to see this? The movie? No. Fuck out of here. Are you going to take your kid to wife to see watch? This? She's too young. But if I were bored over the holidays and I had like. Kids between the age of like, yeah, your six fucking nephew or whatever. Maybe. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. yeah, my nephew that I don't care about scarring or give a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd be like, all right, <laughs> it's time to man up, learn about manly shit and killing people and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, massacring. We're not going uh, fucking... to tell your parents about this one until sure. it's too late. PG <laughs> thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, nah, I mean. It's yeah. So I, you got I'm the predicting. Element, I'll say. And honestly, what's the competition right now for that? It's not about competition. It's like, about longevity. Let's take. It's about longevity. Sure, sure. I mean, Avatar and Titanic made a shitload of money from repeat viewings, and yeah, I, some of that That's money my for point. Avatar. I don't, was I don't mine, think. I don't think it's. I don't, I don't think it's it going to happen with this movie, dude. It's too long. It's too long, and it's not. It's not good enough for you to go back and see it again. <laughs> I'm telling it's you, it's not this that much movie, longer than the original Avatar. It's thirty minutes longer. Are it's you kidding me? Thirty minutes. It's not that long. I mean, you're already that's twenty percent. That's twenty percent longer than the you're original, dude. Driving, you're already driving to the movie theater. You're already paying twenty bucks or whatever it is. So you get that extra little something, something time away from whatever. You know, you're all right, look. To escape you know from. what my, you know what my favorite part of this movie was? A hundred percent. Was the preview for fucking Oppenheimer before oh, this movie? Yeah. That shit blew my mind, dude. Uh, like that shit. Yeah, and I love nice. that you can tell it's New Mexico. Yeah. I love that Christopher <laughs> Nolan came out and said the New Mexico technicians are some of the best in the industry. I love that. I'm like, dude, 
That is the fucking man right there. That movie's going to be the one to beat next year. I'm telling you. Oppenheimer is going to be the one. Well, it's not going to be an act. Well, maybe Best Picture worthy. Yeah, style, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to be a great movie. Is, not box office. Yeah. Not box office. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure they needed the, the IMAX format for that movie. Yeah, they did. They detonated <laughs> a fucking weapon that was similar to an A-bomb on the set, so... <laughs> They just piled up a bunch of TNT. All right. <laughs> Fucking crazy people. He got the authorization to recreate an atomic blast in New Mexico. It wasn't no. a real A bomb, no, obviously, no, that's set off. Kind but... of serious treaty violation <laughs> there. But you know, <laughs> that's... besides the fact. <laughs> besides the fact. That was that was <laughs> That was my favorite part of this movie was that trailer. For the rest of the fucking yeah, I movie, mean, I kept thinking about the trailer. The device looked real from all yeah. the pictures that I've seen. Yeah, like that was I love cool. it, man. I love but, it. Uh, but that was going cool. back to going back to next week. What do you want to look at next week? What do you? What's uh, what's bothering you? What have you been looking at? Um, what have uh... Jill was asking me if she thought that I thought Avatar 2 would be is a worse movie than the movie she watched last night which was a Netflix special Christmas movie oh god what the fuck was it called <laughs> Christmas it's not Christmas Chronicles 2 Look is that, that the up. fucking is that the Kurt Russell movie yes, yeah kurt russell what i didn't see the first one huh wait it's got a pretty good rating oh. doesn't it all right i thought the the kid from that wapiti movie or whatever is in it the what movie looked... <laughs> um the wilder people is that what you're yeah, saying the wilder people that kid he's yeah. in it but like his headshot it says julian and I thought he went through a transformation for a second there. And I was oh, like, oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, I was just confused. Um, but, yeah, she said that was pretty pretty awful. Um, so my pitch, because we have next week and maybe we can have enough time in order to post it or edit it together and post it, because if we do it fast enough, we can get it done, is uh, I want to do... I mean, since it's the 23rd and all, or the 24th, it would be the, the day before Christmas, is uh, A Christmas Story Christmas, which Christmas is the, uh, the it's the sequel to A <laughs> yeah. Christmas Story with the adult Ralphie. It's got a 6.8 out of 10. It's got a 55 on Metacritic, and it looks like a complete piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, did it need to exist? Absolutely no. not. Who asked for it? I have no idea. Like the original is what fucking forty-two years old, and all of a yeah. sudden we're like, "Oh, hey, let's make another Christmas story movie." Why? Why did we need to do that? It was a fucking mistake. I don't give a shit if you thought it was charming or whatever. Yeah, adult Ralphie, <laughs> adult Ralphie, looks like a fucked up former coke addict that lived through the 80s like that's what he looks like because that's what he is all right like i'm sorry but like that that's what i was thinking for christmas episode unless uh, cleveland well the original christmas story at least i went and saw yeah. the the original house oh yeah randomly was there a leg in the window 
Yeah. They had the leg lamp, yeah. Really? Like, uh, I just happened to be parking in that same neighborhood, and I saw the leg, and then there was, like, a big line of cars around it, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. It's so, the house. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of interesting, is that the new one is filmed in Cleveland, Ohio, Sofia, Bulgaria, and Toronto, Ontario. Ah, so they did. I'm not sure why Bulgaria make, is in there. Because money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. But I, I guess I, that's filming my in pitch. Cleveland is too expensive for these cheap fucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> You got a fake Cleveland, Ohio for Bulgaria or Bulgaria for Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, that's my pitch is that bad Christmas movie is a Christmas story Christmas. That's my my pitch. All right. I'll I'll watch the trailer for Christmas story Christmas. You watch the the trailer for Christmas Chronicles (laughs) 2. Do I have to watch one in order to watch two or do I just watch two without watching one? I don't think you need to watch one. I'd say we would just go into it blind. Not like it's gonna fucking matter, anyways. I mean, you didn't see the first one, right? No, I. The, Jill just has a a thing where she has to watch all the horrendous Netflix and Amazon straight to video Christmas movies. I mean, Christmas, Christmas Chronicles Christmas Part Two is a six and a fifty one on Metacritic. I mean, that's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But all right, and it's Chris Columbus directing, so. Been, Christmas. I, we wait, shit on Chris him at Columbus directed a Christmas Chronicles two. Yeah, Christmas Chronicles two. Chris uh, Columbus directed that. Oh, all right. you got some classic Home Alone director action yep. going on there. I mean, you got Home Alone director, Bicentennial Man, fucking Harry Potter one and two, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like he's done a lot, dude. You know, like you could shit on him all day, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway thank you everyone for listening to this week's podcast that was avatar 2 aka dances with smurfs 2 aka fern gully 3 aka i mean this movie is just a fucking wreck of a pile of shit (laughs) it's really bad i'm so glad to hear that you did not like this movie this week i thought for sure you were gonna come in i was was really great movie game like i said i was hoping that I would be able to counterpoint all your shit with something that I liked. Because you knew actually, I was going to hate on this movie all actually day. I feel like I would be validated, but nope. severely disappointed. Thank God. For James once, Cameron. James Cameron finally slipped for you. Uh, there's still hope for number three. It's going to be I good. think number three is going <laughs> to fucking suck ass. I'm telling you, each one is going to get worse and worse. It's going to be like the Matrix movies. Oh, like no, This movie no. was Matrix Reloaded where you're like, eh, like it had its moments, but it overall sucked. And then you got to <laughs> Matrix 3 and you're like, what the motherfuck <laughs> is going on? And then you got to Matrix 4 and you're like, what the fuck, yeah, man? Yeah. Like It's like you fucking hate the fucking original yeah. movie. I'm telling you. Avatar I watched 4, Matrix 4, but I... I checked out for the last half. I did not get what when uh, when uh, when uh, what's his name Doogie Howser showed there up. Was, he checked out. There was some stuff that happened. I don't remember. Like I don't give a fuck. About it's that an movie. awful just, movie, man. It was, it, really me. it was. It was telling me I was an asshole for watching it. I'm like, okay, yeah, 
I see that the studio well, system made you do this, but you still I got did it anyways, you, you asshole. I got news for you, Paul. Guys. You are an asshole for watching that By movie. the way, I watched Speed Racer again recently, and it's still a great film. It's amazing. Get the fuck out of here. It's you think film. it actually... Oh, my God. Yeah. There's Why? a lot of people that agree with me. Everything about it is amazing. Everything. It's on the level <laughs> of The Matrix for those directors you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There, I think... They actually oh fine tune their filmmaking even more. Like I think it's tighter than the Matrix. I like the Matrix more, and the Matrix has better plot and acting, you know, just, filmmaking. Know. Yeah. Well, no, the filmmaking, Writing, the filmmaking, cinematography, is, the filmmaking, editing, is pure craft. visual effects. Yeah, <laughs> the, the visual effects in Speed Racer are also amazing. And it just bleeds style, and it they took a huge risk making it that way, and making it bleeds something. I'll tell you that it's amazing. (laughs) Watch it again. Tell me I'm wrong. No, fuck you. No, you're wrong. You're 100 percent wrong. I don't have to watch again. Where they throw the monkey shit at the. (laughs) It's just the greatest movie moment ever in the history of film. Yeah. Sure. All right. So (laughs) wait, 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 and when. John Goodman like beats up the ninjas that attack him and they're like, What were those ninjas? And he's like, more like non-just. <laughs> yes. Sometimes okay. you say things that I think you're deliberately just saying to piss me off. It's working. I don't, so. think, you, I don't think you actually I don't think you actually like that I movie. Sincere, I really no, I sincerely think it's a great movie. Sincerely. At some point, I want I also to talk love about the fact Sin City that it Two, which is a <laughs> oh god, Sin City Two. No, <laughs> I want to talk about that movie at some point. But I doubly love the fact that Speed Racer and the fact that I like it pisses you pisses off. Pisses me so off. It's, it's <laughs> like cream, cream on the cake. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, you get your icing <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys once again. This is the Movie Dicks Podcast. I am Gabriel Chavez. I'm Paul Schindel. <laughs>